and was only suitable for people aged 18 or over will almost certainly have an adult theme and might well contain sex or violence which are quite graphic. It may also contain explicit language, including sexual swear words. Thanks for listening. Uh, but here's what his revelation comes to him. He's kind of got all this stuff, like, uh, touching, wiping, mourning of the animals. Not wiping, whipping. whipping. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, not touch, also not touching. I am, I am dyslexic. I, I hope I'm not having like, a stroke. Do it live! Fuck it! Do it live! And an atheist almost always becomes supporters of eugenics and abortion. A swine is hungry for nuts. Jesus hates him too. Satan is real. Being a Satanist is an open declaration of revolt against counterproductive received wisdom and mindless rogue traditions. Decapitate her head off. We're done. Done. We're done. Obama! Well, welcome to the Godless Revolution. This is episode 111. Uh, I'm Dan Ellis. Joined in studio by Ryan the, the tall bald guy that's with tattoos <laughs> that apparently looks like a dildo. Gonna, I wasn't going to bring that up. But. <laughs> and in studio we have the wonderful Mr. Jeff Linville with us again. Thank you. You may remember hearing Jeff on episode eighty-eight, which doesn't seem that long ago. No, it doesn't seem that long but ago. But by when numbers, I was like, it seems man, like a while. That's back. a while. But that's a while. Yeah. You, you know, something amazing about my my appearance on there wasn't necessarily the appearance on your podcast, even though that was. You know, life altering. <laughs> it was that. On it, was for, it was for us. Are you talking about you or? Yes. I mean, for us, it was. Yeah. Oh, it was it like. Was... Here's the life altering moment. Okay. Uh, on Stitcher, when you scroll up to past episodes, I was at the very, very top, and then like four episodes down was David Silverman. <laughs> I'm like, I screenshotted that. And thought, this is awesome. It's amazing. So that was that was the life altering. Oh, besides being here. Okay. Nice. Yeah. But now it's I mean, life-altering because I'm is, I'm keeping a seat warm. Yeah, you're, you're keep, staring at yes. I Matt's. you know that's right. This is not a visual medium. Matt yeah. is Matt is. <laughs> I it is wandering the wilds of the Arizona desert, which is fucking crazy right now because it's like 120 degrees down. Yeah, there. like record-breaking heat. I would go in December. And he he was a little concerned that it was going to be hot, but yeah. It's I think super fucking hot right now. I think by this time they even pulled the donkeys out, don't they? Well, that's what he's going with. He's going with the. He's got a donkey team pulling all their gear down there. Good hell, he's got a, he's, he does. Matt's he's got a donkey, donkey team. team. <laughs> he's, well, he's going to the Havasupai area, uh huh, which is a. It's like an oasis in the middle of the desert. It's a lush green area with big waterfalls and crystal clear water. So. Mm. I don't think that's an oasis. I think that's called a, uh, uh, a mirage. Well, but this one's real. Yeah. Oh, it's, a real it's, mirage it's, or it's a real oasis? It's a real mirage. It's like, it's happening. That's cool. It's a real thing, man. Never heard of such a thing. It's fucking awesome. So we've got all kinds of things to talk about today. Uh, we'll be talking about uh, a lot of the right-wing response to mm-hmm. Orlando. Uh, we've got quite a few different video and audio clips that we'll be commenting on from right-wing assholes. We've got stories about... Uh, the Dalai Lama, yeah, and how frustrating it is to me sometimes to see atheists jump who are so quick to be really defensive about Buddhism for some reason, as if Buddhism is the greatest of all religions. No immunity no. need apply, huh? Yeah, I, it seems really strange to me. But um, I would just argue that they're the, one of the more peaceful of the religions, and one that really doesn't cause a lot of one problems. of the more. But they're they're certainly not. 
entirely peaceful. I no. mean, there's a whole lot no. of awful shit that happens. I think it's the intrinsic passiveness. For for a lot of sects, for sure. Um, or maybe the perception of intrinsic passiveness. But, I mean, there, there are even sects of Tibetan Buddhism yeah, where... Yeah. I mean, they murdered three members of the Dalai Lama's entourage because yeah. he spoke out against one of the things that this particular sect is doing. And yeah, so they're not all about the peace. And um, uh, recently there was an article I read about some other mon- monk, uh, Buddhist a monastery, monastery. <laughs> Buddhist monk, 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 where they were. Oh, it was the Tamil Tigers. Where they have a bunch of tigers and they were breeding these white tigers and it was all illegal and they've been bribing the government and it's this entirely corrupt system and yeah, they're not, they're not without yeah. any kind of blame at all. Which, which talking about the Dalai Lama, I just checked our Facebook page. Uh huh. And, uh, Ron Corkin, Cork, no, Corkins. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. I just butchered you put your the name. Corkins. I just, Corkins. I just butchered your name. I, I think apologize. Sailor Jerry just pronounced Ron's last name. <laughs> he said, <laughs> Ron's McCorkin is. Ron's McCorkin is. Ryan turned into Dr. Steve Brule. <laughs> he just can't forget that his head looks For like a dildo. Health. I know. It sucks that my head's a dildo now. I think it's awesome. <laughs> he says the Dalai Lama is in town. He said he may not be spouting the same. Uh, BS as Western religion, but why does he often get a pass from atheists on his brand of bullshit? So that's kind of what we're talking about right now. Nice. Yeah. You go, Ron. I need to give you a hug sometime soon because you're absolutely right. It's bullshit. It really bothers me. So many atheists get like really like they turn into a religious apologist when you start criticizing Buddhism. Yeah. Uh, but that's the thing is uh, being an atheist, everything should be able to be criticized. You should be, you should know everything is criticizable. Like even yourself, even every, all your actions, your atheism. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. should be looking at it critically and you should criticize it. And you should, you should take cold showers every day yeah. just to say, what did I do today? And just because <laughs> Buddhists aren't actively going to war with different countries all the time or trying to have suicide vests and blowing up everything actively doesn't mean they don't believe in some shitty things. And some entirely ridiculous, nonsensical the bullshit. superstition that they believe is fucking... Yeah. Now, I'll, I'll, I'll claim ignorance on this one, but is there any kind of a call-out for Buddhists, either in the past or currently, or, or, or any kind of, of, of um, mission that they need to go on to, to, to prove their point by any means necessary, such as um. in some of the... You know, Middle Eastern religions or or sex. I don't know if they go you on mean, missions. Like to convert people as, or as, uh, through violence. Like here, you know, we are going to kill in the name of making us seem right. Uh, well, I know for, for for particular sects, yes. Okay, okay. But, but as far they as like, are like not many, the they're sect, certainly like, not the majority. Yeah, because there's even well, seven years in Tibet is a fairly right, accurate right. story, and even in there, with the, the actual who's the Dalai Lama now as a child. They refused to go to war. Like, they said, hey, you know, Chinese are going to come in here and wipe you out unless you take up arms. Like, no, we don't. We're not even going to take up arms to defend ourselves. We don't then do that. That will be the way. Yeah. Except except for Fred over there. Fred's just pissed off because we shaved his head. So yeah. he's got a gun. Fucking Fred. <laughs> it's always Fred. Right, said Fred. Ah. <laughs> uh, Drop dead Fred. Ah, uh, but it's too sexy. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mine's too it. sexy for the calendar. Yeah. Well, I was in the I was in the calendar twice. <laughs> but you were too sexy and you broke it. I did. I did. 
You don't broke the calendar. You caused the misprints, huh? Well, that was a women's calendar. I was so good oh. I caused a women's calendar to misprint. Oh, man, there's a double entendre in there I don't even <laughs> want to touch. But that was impressive. <laughs> Thank you. That Thank was. You. I like that. Uh, so since we're on, since we might, fuck. I didn't keep it. I'm really tired. <laughs> we got a puppy. So yeah. we, had, we we mentioned that in the uh, little video video deal. But we have a puppy who joined the Ellis and Snar household. And we just got him last night. And so there wasn't a whole lot of sleeping last night because we had him sleeping in the bed with us. And I think he got us up three times during the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, you know, of course, I can't just walk out there with him and me and my skivvies. Yeah. So I got to yeah. throw on my pajama pants oh. and my and my slippers. And, I would have gone on my skivvies. And my shirt. And a flashlight. Yeah, but you're, you, you look different than me. Like, if I went outside <laughs> in just my skivvies. You posed like, for a calendar. Yeah. Twice. Like, <laughs> all of my neighbors would be, like, throwing harpoons at the deck and... <laughs> <laughs> trying to push me back into a large body of water somewhere. So Other than I, in Utah, it's illegal to hunt whales. <laughs> True. It is illegal to hunt whales in Utah? It is. Yeah. Oh. It's actually a really cool story behind it. I didn't mean to interrupt yours. No, we'll do it afterward. I mean, okay. Well, okay. Um, back in uh, oh, the 20s, maybe, uh, I believe. Now, I, I am going to get this the facts wrong. You're going to fuck the, it the, up. The, the gist of it is You'll get the general. Right. Land so, off, yeah. uh, as a... As a stunt, they transported a whale into the Great Salt Lake, I, like in the 20s, uh, appro- approximately. Let's see how long it's it not, takes to kill it. Yeah, yeah, it's not cold enough nor deep enough for a whale. And it was and it's way too saline. Yeah. It was a total, um, you know, like P.T. Barnum kind of thing. Yeah. Like, we're going to, wait, we don't care about the elephants. We're just going to let people see them. And they needed to pass some sort of law to say, it's you per- can't hunt because being in Utah, I mean, <laughs> if it moves, kill it. Kill it. Yeah. Uh, uh. So they passed the law saying you can't shoot, you can't do, you can't go whaling or shooting, however they worded it, in in Utah. So that's uh. where I came from. How many hmm. days? I, I imagine this whale lived for like uh, maybe a couple of days and died. Yeah, uh, who knows? I don't. I don't. I don't even how, remember. Or in that time frame, it's how still the fuck swimming did they around get it here. Still swimming around the Great Salt Lake. And for yeah. and for all I know, I made that up. Okay. <laughs> well, no, I didn't. <laughs> no, uh I'm sorry, Dan. Go no, ahead. you're absolutely fine. That was a cool story. I didn't I was not aware that whale hunting is illegal in Utah. Um but yeah, so I can't just let him outside in my skivvies. So I gotta get dressed and you, you know, I'm half asleep and holding him so he doesn't go potty in the house while I'm trying to get ready to take him out to go potty. And so I'm a little tired today. You just, but you just need a robe. So is he, right? Like yeah. he's been sleep. He's been doing this most of the day. Just I was trying to wear done. him out pre-show. Yeah. Well, I I think the rabbit wore him out. Yeah. Pre-show. That's, that's he true. was really going after that thing. Wasn't he was. He, he was. Town. He's like, I'm gonna chew your eye. Lo- I'm gonna chew your eyes off then, and skull fuck you. You know. And, and he then was when like, it wasn't playing right, he yelled at it. <laughs> it, it. It was like, you know what? That rabbit I've mentioned to my significant other that's my freebie, and that rabbit was number one on my freebie <laughs> list, so I'm cashing in. This uh, is a stuffed rabbit, by the way. I don't have like yeah, a- Yeah, it's not Jessica Rabbit. I don't, I don't have a, a, a pet rabbit at the house that I'm allowing him to chew its eyes out and skull fuck or anything, but this seven-week-old puppy was really going to town on this stuffed rabbit. I was a bit surprised. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's cute and here and adorable, and I'm tired. But anyway- 
since we're on the subject of the Dalai Lama and Buddhism, we I wanted to cover this story about him. Uh, earlier this week in the Salt Lake Tribune, uh, Peggy, Peggy Fletcher Stack wrote about... I, so I posted this out on the Godless Revolution Facebook page because it's just nonsense yeah. to me. It's the whole... The whole article is just fucking nonsense. Um, starts out by saying that Tibet's spiritual leader, the Dalai Lama, has been incarnated 14 times, but he may not be back for a 15th. <laughs> Quote, the Dalai Lama institution he, will cease retiring? one day. <laughs> These man-made institutions will cease, the Dalai Lama told the BBC last year. There is no guarantee that some stupid Dalai Lama won't come next who will disgrace himself or herself. That would be very sad. So, much better that a centuries-old tradition should cease at the time of a quite popular Dalai Lama. He seems fairly full of himself right there, right? I mean... Well, I wonder if this Dalai Lama is semi-atheistic. Because I've seen him talk on some things, and he's, like, called bullshit on some other religious stuff. And he's, like, telling jokes, and he's having fun. I'm like, I don't know if he even believes this shit. Well, certain parts of Buddhism can be fairly atheistic by nature. Yeah. I mean, they, don't, they don't have a central deity that they no. worship necessarily. Maybe I need to do, like, we need to do, like, a skeptic's translator on that particular uh, statement that was just made. In other words, what is say what they're saying is, we now record every aspect of everyone's life, <laughs> and we can no longer peddle this shit to the masses. So, I think we should probably change some policy, and instead of him coming back, he'll just live forever, forever through some sort of Christian-style I talk to him, therefore I know type well, of theology. Well, in the, the title of the story says, is the reborn identity, colon, Dalai Lama hints he may come back as a girl or outside of Asia or not at all. It's, I think Disney has pitched this exact thing in some of their recent... Recent uh, meeting. Was that Frozen? He yeah, might I think come so. back. He might not come back. He might come back as a cricket. He might come back as a bird. Yeah. He might not come back at all. It might be in Asia. Might not be. He, he should come back as a tortoise because he's, of the the, the length. The, the, he's the being as unpredictable yeah. as Donald Trump is threatened. He's going to be right here. <laughs> it just it it the whole this whole thing really bothers me. Uh, the revered Buddhist monk who turns eighty one next month also has mentioned that if he were reincarnated yet again, he might come back in India or even outside of Asia. Or maybe as a female. Just don't look for him in China. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, they don't get along with the Chinese very well. Right. They've had, a, they've had a bad past. Right. So the rest of this story, like, like that's those are the highlights, and from there, it just keeps going downhill. That was a that was amazing. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I don't even know what sex or or what you know my height or weight yeah. or exactly what I'm going to think. But I do know it won't be in China. But you know yeah. what? Screw China. <laughs> but I don't know. Did why. you see how they were? China was asking Utah politicians not to interact with the Dalai Lama. Yes. To not meet with them and not talk with them, it, not even it, attend anything that he goes to because of the relations that they have with yeah. him. Yes. That, okay. Yeah. Because yeah, they right. don't have a good relation and it'll look bad if you go and have a, and you go talk to him. We won't like that. Well, such, the story continues and says that such talk has enraged Chinese Communist Party officials who insist that he must return and in their country, <laughs> which now controls the area once known as Tibet. Yeah. These leaders have said the Dalai Lama will have, quote, no say over whether he was reincarnated. The New York Times reported... Well, he just won't reincarnate himself. That was ultimately for the Chinese government to decide. 
This is amazing. Uh, <laughs> this whole article, I was like, is... what the fuck is going on? Uh, uh, Tibetan Buddhists believe that some enlightened masters choose to postpone their release from the cycle of existence and be reborn over and over as a way to provide continuous wisdom to society. Each Dalai Lama who serves as spiritual leader and patron saint of Tibet is believed to be the, quote, manifestation of compassion. The first Dalai Lama died in 19, or I'm sorry, 1474 at 84. 1974? Holy shit, that guy was old. A year later, a young boy was seen as the first one's reincarnation, according to the movement's official website, because of what he had to say about his amazing and flawless recollections of his past life. Wow. Of course... Being that this was 1474, we don't have any verifiable means right, yeah. of... We have word of mouth, Dan. Looking. That is good enough. <laughs> that is good enough. Give me money. I mean, yeah. the Dalai Lama kind of seems like uh, the doctor. Oh. Oh, uh, what? The doctor. The doctor. Oh, Tardis. sure, from Doctor right, Who. Yeah. 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 I was hoping you'd say, which doctor? I don't, like, who? Which doctor? Not a witch doctor. No, who? Uh, <laughs> yeah, we could have made some joke in there. <laughs> <laughs> that failed miserably, though. And this, this, this was something I, that I wasn't aware of until reading this story. So the Dalai Lama and the Panchen Lama, or second in command, have a symbiotic relationship operating in different generations to recognize one another. When the Dalai Lama is a child, he is discovered and reared by the Panchen Lama. When the mm. Panchen Lama dies, his replacement is identified by the Dalai Lama. So, you know, I was just about to ask, how do they know? It's even more of a... Um, it's, I mean, it's supposed to be like a test. Like they'd say like the knowledge, like the... As a young child that has this knowledge that of this Dalai Lama and the stuff that he shouldn't know at this age, maybe he is that person. Is there like a sliding scale? Because like you always say, a broken clock is right twice a day. True. So like, Unless eh, let me get like 70%. So let's give him another year. That's a female. She needs to score like 85%. But when he knows that the Dalai Lama was circumcised and that's not normal, like shit, he's, he's right. He, he did circumcise himself. What? Fuck. I don't know. I'm making that shit up. Oh. oh, I was like, what in the fuck are you saying? <laughs> I've never about? heard that before. That took, a, took even See, a harder turn into crazy town. Even you've never heard of it. That's why if that Dalai Lama gets it right. <laughs> exactly. He <laughs> say, you know, this wasn't something that was passed along from fourteen from the 1400s. This is what we've always done. We've just kept that secret. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so part of the reason that China and uh, the the Chinese government and the Dalai Lama don't get along is because just after well, World War Two. Just after, yeah, China took over Tibet in the fifties. The Dalai Lama escaped, went to India, and so a few years after that. So it used to be that he would assume the full political and spiritual leadership of all Tibetans, um, and the Chinese government said, "No, we don't like that." Mm-hmm. Uh, the, that role lasted until 2011, when he relinquished his political role to a dem- to a democratically elected leader, retaining only his religious responsibilities. Meanwhile, the Chinese government has inserted itself into the process of picking his successor. In 1995, Beijing operatives kidnapped the boy the Dalai Lama had named as the Panchen Lama, who has not been seen since. (laughs) He he got uh, murdered? And the government handpicked a replacement. Mm Mm-hmm. So now the Dalai Lama doesn't have the person that he chose to pick the next Dalai Lama. Is is that Reince Priebus? And the, yes. <laughs> I think you mean Reince Pubis. That's it. Yes. Oh, that's yeah. right. <laughs> this sounds oddly familiar with the Republican Party right now. Well, I mean, we were supposed to choose that person, but someone else showed up, and so we're going to kidnap someone else. And it's just really weird. So, 
let me see here. Uh, so about 12 years later, Chinese officials created the so-called Order Number no. 5 concerning the control and recognition of reincarnations. The Tibetan Buddhist leader wrote on his website, This is outrageous and disgraceful. The enforcement of various inappropriate methods for recognizing reincarnations to eradicate our unique Tibetan culture, uh, cultural traditions is doing damage that will be difficult to repair. So, so they're saying the way that we have placed is now damaging, or the way that we have always done thing is now damaging. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That move forced the Dalai Lama to worry about his role in the future. The affable charismatic leader has said that when he is about 90, he will, quote, con consult the high lamas of the Tibetan Buddhist traditions, the Tibetan public, mm. and other concerned people who follow Tibetan Buddhism, the official site stated, and reevaluate whether the institution of the Dalai Lama should continue or not. What makes a high lama high? Uh, the amount of weed, I believe. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'd say tobacco for the amount of times I spit. <laughs> <laughs> that one was too easy. That was good. <laughs> Uh, if those groups decide it's best to find a 15th Dalai Lama, the current seat holder will, quote, leave clear written instructions about this, he wrote, adding that no recognition or acceptance should be given to a candidate chosen for political ends by anyone, including those of the People's Republic of China. Uh, this is all very, very strange and crazy. So c contingency here, if, you know, not knowing where he'll be, what he'll do, just knowing he's not in China... Which leaves a lot of places to look. Yeah. What if it doesn't happen? What if what doesn't happen? What if well, they don't find the next Dalai Lama? They'll make it happen. Yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. China will make yeah, it happen. Yeah, they're going to pick whoever they want. And how is that different from the past? And <laughs> it's, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's really not. Only except, but this time, of course, there's there's a sinister agenda behind it that is the govern the Chinese government in power now instead of just the Tibetan the, monks. The being religious in power. aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. Uh, the global leader's death will have grave social, religious, and economic ramifications in terms of Buddhist order and how it has influenced in Tibetan society and throughout the world, said Lama Tupten Dorje Gyaltsen Rinpoche. Also known as Jerry. Also known as Jerry <laughs> I, no, Gardner. I was going to say, I guess a first name Ron, given what uh, the pronunciation was earlier. Uh, how do you go from like a five word name to Jerry? Jerry Lama, Gardner. Lama Tupton Dorje Gyaltsen Rinpoche. They couldn't fit that in a driver's license, so he's like, just AKA Jerry Gardner. Call me Jerry Gardner. Uh, I, I, like garden, I, like I seriously <laughs> thought you had just made that up, but I looked no, up at the screen. It, it, it's true. It's also Jerry Gardner. Yeah. And apparently, Jerry Gardner is leader of Salt Lake City's <gasps> Ergen Samton Ling. Quote I would like to see him reincarnate, but we may not know if he does. It may not become known to the public. This much is clear, though. The Dalai Lama's death could send the 6 million Tibetans inside China as well as 150,000 Tibetan exiles into chaos and contention. Quote, indoctrinated and controlled by the Communist Party, the Times reported last year, the next leader of the Tibetan community could help Beijing cement its hegemony over Tibet. It also could further divide an increasingly political fractious exile community held together mainly by the Dalai Lama. His absence would create a vacuum for both groups, Dalai Lama's younger brother, Tenzin Shogyal, told the Times, quote, We are finished once His Holiness is gone. Wow. Yeah. 
it's yeah. that's definitively definitively obscure. Now I thought well, that the Communist Party really, was atheist. The whole thing is really fucking strange to me, right? That yeah, it's... that he's going to be reincarnated. So and part of Buddhism is, you know, if you live a good life, you'll be reincarnated as something great and wonderful like a human. If you're if you're an asshole, you come back as a worm or whatever. You know, it's a dildo that so looks like it, Ryan's head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a little fuzzy on top, but mostly no hair. Um, it just the the whole thing is fucking nuts. But I hear atheists all the time who stick up for and try to defend Buddhism. It's that whole thing about skepticism. Like you should try it. I, I I'm willing to, to to take a stab at this and say that most atheists, uh, at least on the American side, are uh, really huge fans of um, fortune cookies, and they really think it's the Dalai Lama and not Confucius that stuff. Oh. oh, well. Well, Confucius is dead. Right. So how is he still passing on yeah. these nuggets of wisdom? Yeah. Through I mean, the Bible. I mean, through the- uh, In bed. <laughs> the Necronomicon? <laughs> yeah, the Necronomicon. Clato, clea, <laughs> Yeah, the, but that the the whole thing is just really strange and yeah. weird to me when yeah. I see atheists sticking up for him. Um, I know I posted it out on my timeline earlier this week and got all kinds of oh, yeah. really, really just weird, weird and strange yeah. comments about it. People trying to defend Buddhism and the Dalai Lama as being so right and wonderful and, you know, without any problems at all. Um, I mean, quite, quite possibly. I mean, a lot of people, once they, you know, pass, pass, uh, I don't want to say an angry stage, but once they're no longer upset at, at, uh, you know, religion and, and fully embrace being an atheist or, um, uh, it's the peaceful side that they really embrace, which is, yeah. which is similar in context when it comes to religion to, to the way Buddhists come across. Maybe mm. not necessarily what they are. But they come across as a, we are a highly religious, highly spiritual group of people that is really into peace and really into love and really into all these things. Non-violence. Non-violence, which, which is notable. An atheistic sentiment when you break it down into. Humanistic. Yeah, human. Thank you. Thank, that's, that's put, that's put better. Uh, so maybe, who knows? Maybe there's that, that internal connection saying, I want to be a peaceful person. A lot of people think that my beliefs or, 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 or my sentiments are insane. And I kind of sing, see the same in them. Mm-hmm. Therefore, they don't want to kill anyone. I don't want to kill anyone. They don't want to call everybody all these names. I don't want to call everybody all these names. So I don't know. Maybe there's a similarity with the ideology of, of a peaceful planet yeah. that comes across. Well, you know, the, the bulk of the comments that I received defending him are all like, sure, some of the spiritual you know, reincarnation, afterlife stuff, that's all hokey bullshit. But, you know, the the 90% or 99% of what he says is awesome and wonderful. And I'm like, I don't think you're paying as close attention as you should. Yeah. It reminds me of how so many people felt about Mother Teresa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, that she was just that she wasn't beyond an approach. Bitch. Everything she did was, was perfect yeah. and wonderful. And then Hitchens comes out and writes his book, and it's like, no, she's actually kind of a really mm-hmm. shitty human being. Yeah. And even then, for a very, very long time, and and still to this day, there are so many people who are like, no, Mother Teresa is, well, of course, now she's a saint, but 
even before she was actually sainted. Saint asshole. There were people crawling out of the woodwork and and over dead bodies of people that she let die in her, in her care coming to her defense. Yeah, she wasn't very caring of people. She was like, well, here's a place where you die. It's going to be a shithole. You can sleep on the floor. And you've you've got the Dalai Lama saying that he didn't agree with same-sex marriage, that he thought that masturbation was bad, that oral sex was bad, anal sex was bad. But it's okay to have, it's okay to have sex with a prostitute, but only if you pay for her yourself. If somebody Aww. else pays for the prostitute, that's bad. Oh I, man, now I gotta return all those gift certificates. <laughs> the best prostitutes the one your buddies pay for. What am I going to do with all of these gift certificates from <laughs> prostitutes are us? <laughs> Atheist of Utah raffle. Yeah, Ooh. I mean, if, if, if somebody else raffle. pays for a prostitute like that. that's, and gives it, and gives her to you, that's bad. But if you pay for her, that's mm-hmm. just fine. You know, never mind any of the human trafficking that may be going on no. behind any no. of that. No. It's just fine as long as you pay for it personally. Yeah. And also, the gays probably shouldn't be getting married because that's a bad thing too. Well, it's nothing bad about it. But yeah, he makes bad decisions, but he's he said some really dumb things. Yeah. But so do a whole bunch of other 80-year-olds. Oh, sure. I say dumb things all the time. I'm like, I'm not 80 yet, and I said a lot of dumb shit. But you're also, also not in charge of a huge organization. Yeah. Well, well, and I, and I also don't have money thrown at me and, and go on these speaking tours yeah. to where people think that gold is falling out of my fucking yeah. face hole, you know? It just, I don't know. There's something about it that just really bothers me. Yeah. Uh, so I had posted that out on our Godless Revolution page, and listener Dave Morris sent me or, or responded and commented with a link to this story talking about Hitchens' view on quote his material highness, referring to the Dalai Lama. Um, it's a great story. I will I will be posting it out on out to the page just as you know as from the Godless Revolution yeah. as well. Um, but the concluding paragraph says. And I wish that I could do this with Hitchens' intonation and accent, but uh, the the last paragraph says, Yet the entire Western mass media is uncritically at the service of a mere mortal who, at the very least, proclaims the utter nonsense of reincarnation and who affirms the sinister, if not indeed crazy, belief that death is but a strange in a grand psych, is but a stage in a grand cycle of what appears to be futility and subjection. What need, then, to worry about nuclear weaponry? or sectarian frenzy, or the sale of indulgences to men of the stamp of Stephen Seagal. (laughs) Harmony will doubtless kick in. During his visit to Beijing, our sentimental Baptist hypocrite of a president turned to his dictator host, recommended that he meet with the Dalai Lama, and assured him that the two of them would get on well. That might easily turn out to be the case. Both are very much creatures of the material world. Because, of course, the Dalai Lama flies around in first class and... Has very, very fine clothing and accommodations wherever he goes. The best linen. Yeah. All made from one silkworm. Yeah. It it it, it reminded me mom. very much of the way people venerated Mother Teresa. Yeah. And then I saw this from Hitch and I was like, oh, right. Okay. I was totally on about that. You've agitated or angered one of the supposedly calmest people on the planet, Deepak Chopra. You, you, you ruffled his feathers. What did you do to get Deepak Chopra so angry? I just, I just tweeted some fact. <laughs> and, he got, you 
But I mean, I've interviewed Deepak Chopra many times, and his whole thing is always, I do not get angry. I, if I'm in a, I've said to Deepak Chopra, if you get cut off in traffic, are you ever angry at that guy? No, I feel sorry that he is in pain spiritually. You're not buying it. He tweeted to me. I said something to him, joking about the origin of the universe or something, and he tweeted back saying, I'm going to shove my cosmic consciousness up your ass. <laughs> What else we got going on? You want you want some more crazy thoughts? Sure. That we should be more skeptical of sometimes. Uh huh. Like some always. Like some conspiracy theories. I had one I had picked. Okay. That was crazy, and it takes place during the same time frame as this Dalai Lama's young childhood. Oh yeah. So during the 1930s, the Nazis went to the Arctic. What? No way! Get out of town. Now they actually did go to the Arctic. <laughs> But in the conspiracy theory for it, they took a whole armada, a Navy ar- armada down there to set up this Nazi base in the Antarctic. I think I saw this on Indiana Jones. He probably was on there. <laughs> now, they, they were looking for the Ark of the Covenant, uh-huh. and then they opened it and everybody melted. Everyone said, oh, Maderon, close, close. Don't look, don't look. But according to the, 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 the conspiracy theory, while they were in the Antarctic, they were doing some drilling. To try to find some places where I'll they could build they a base. It gets cold at night. <laughs> it does. <laughs> and they found a large cavern that went deep I'll underground. Bet they did because it gets cold at night. Mine come for mine asshole. <laughs> but this large cavern was warm. <laughs> and but moist. Yeah, well, it probably was moist because it had natural hot springs down there. Oh, this is that too easy. It up. I know. Now you're going all psycho with it. I think they're called skiing glands. I'm I'm not making this conspiracy theory up. You're just going with it, and it fucking fits. Das Wiener Sliders. But but the thing that was down there was also a race of aliens. Oh, that's King of the Crystal Skull. Skull. That's Indiana Jones. I told you. So this race of aliens taught the Nazis how to build futuristic technology and things such as the uh, uh, what the UFOs are like a flying saucer. So the Nazis took this technology back and they were trying to build this all throughout during World War II, but the war came to an end before they were able to finish it off. Now, when the war was getting close to the end, Hitler decided to escape. So he jumped in a submarine, he headed down to the Antarctic, and now Hitler is living underneath the ice in the Antarctic with a race of aliens. That's the Captain America. You just now movie. learned of this, Ryan? Yeah, we've we've kn- we've known that Hitler's, this was in the school books. Hitler's been living underneath the Arctic with Wait, the Wait, you think this is just a conspiracy theory? Oh yeah, this has got to be complete bullshit. You must have one of those Texas Board of Education books. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we learned this in like junior high here in Are Utah. Are you serious? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe it was, it was just Wisconsin. Wisconsin has fucked you on this one, Ryan. No, in Wisconsin, we learned that Hitler died in 1945. You know what the real problem is? He doesn't have air conditioning. Oh, it melted his well. brain. Right. He may have learned about this so, earlier. Right. Hitler didn't do a whole shitload of drugs and I'll shoot himself they, in the I'll head in the bunker? I'll bet they did teach you this in Wisconsin, but the heat has gotten to your brain. Or have the aliens wiped my memory of it? Because <laughs> they don't want us to find Hitler. But why would they do that? Are you working against them? Am I? I think maybe we should just cut the show right now. <laughs> I think we should play the X-Files theme. <laughs> dun 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 <laughs> I can, but that's the things people believe those people that's actually awesome. believe that hitler was he might be dead now but was living in a underground i mean I'm, that's probably partly where some of the uh i don't know if that's where they get some of the uh, reptilian thing from from a race of aliens living on this planet they're actually the lizard subtly people. controlling yeah the lizard yeah. people subtly controlling our our politicians and all of our everything going on and since that matches his obvious uh 
nature and self well, uh, what word am I looking for? His narcissism. Yeah. His yeah. insane narcissism. Well, that's the thing, too. Is living if, in a cave matches if that. If an alien yeah. race decided, Hitler's a pretty good guy, let's let him live with us, they're pretty shitty. Oh, hell. Yeah, why, why would we want to have anything to do with these aliens anyway? I, I, we want, they're, they're, they're a bunch of Jew-hating aliens. <laughs> why didn't they just steal uh, um, Bruce Willis when he went up in the, in the sky? I don't know. They should have done that. He's awesome. Well, because he destroyed the thing where they were trying to come and land. Oh, that's probably what it is, yeah. Yeah. It just looked like a big rock, but it was their ship had been encapsulated by space debris. I have so many space and, and movie things going through my head right now. <laughs> I think once you draw Hans Gruber off, the Hans Gruber was probed by aliens, which were oh. used to be, you know, anyway. Nakatoma Plaza is really it's an alien. Ship. Yeah, it's a ship. Oh, you got it. Oh. So you got it. And they so, had that super advanced safe that they yeah. were trying to get the bonds out of, but it was magnetically locked and they couldn't. And they didn't they have had to try to cut power in the power to like 80s. the whole block. And so they brought in the FBI. Yep. To do which, that. Which, which, and then Ocean's for... 15 beat them there. Oh. Flying bodies. Oh my God, it's all coming together. We've cracked the code. <laughs> We've cracked the code. Indigenous. I don't know. I'm trying to think of an alien way to make FBI make a sense, but I can't. <laughs> I want my life-extending technologies! <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised that he hasn't talked about that on his show yet, but Hitler being in the Antarctic. Huh. Maybe he hasn't, we just don't know. He probably has. He probably he's probably. Besides, I don't follow Alex Jones all that closely. No, maybe it sounds like something that'd be batshit crazy that he would believe. Maybe he just started talking and we went, "Amp eh, skip." <laughs> <laughs> Aliens and not uh, done, yeah. done. So we we we've talked about Trump and we've talked about conspiracy theories a little bit. I thought that we could introduce a new segment on the show, at least until this guy's fucking gone, which maybe cool. soon we have another story about that. Yeah, coming up here in a moment, but. There are, at current count, 58 separate Donald Trump conspiracy theories that Right Wing Watch has been tracking. I just got chills. So we could just cover, like, a few of these each week for I don't know how fucking long. I mean, they're, they're, they yeah, keep building. November. They keep building, so. Can I, can I throw, like, a Pee Wee Herman word of the day that once this particular thing is mentioned, we get to scream? Sure. You know, his, his former, I, I have it right here. Um, Corey Lewandowski. Yes. Yeah, fired. Getting fired. That's, that was today. That's the word of. Well, that was his campaign manager, right? Yeah. yeah the guy campaign who manager. grabbed the woman uh-huh. by the arm. Yeah. Why was he fired only now? He's not sure. Lewandowski's yeah, not sure or correct. Trump he, isn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's far reaching, but, uh, he's not sure. He went on, I, it was either CNN or, or Fox. He, I can't, he was on CNN. Was it no. CNN? Well, CNN was talking about it quite a bit this morning. I can't remember if he was, if he was on there, if they're just reading something from he him. He was, he was on a, uh, on a, he might have been, I think CNN was just reading a transcript from him this may, morning. It may have been that, but he, uh, he said he didn't know. He had great relationships. He loved all these people and they loved him back. And there was something along the lines of his daughter's husband saying that he needed to go. And uh, and now well, he's happy because he gets to spend all this time with his kids. Of Trump's daughter's husband saying that? Mm-hmm. You know what the, it probably really is going on? Because Trump is such a narcissist. He doesn't realize the problem with his ratings is him. Yeah. 
So he'll fire people around and go, well, this isn't good. Things are <laughs> things are getting bad right now. Let's fire him. My you numbers have gone down better. seven points in the last week. I'm sorry, but you've got to go. go. You were hired to make me look good. Yeah. And just because I look terrible means it's your <laughs> fault. <laughs> Pretty, I, I, I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt that's no, his thinking uh, you're on that. Absolutely correct. Well, and I know that I've heard rumors of Paul Manafort and Corey Lewandowski not getting along at all. Uh. So maybe that has something to do with it as well. Paul Manafort is Paul wouldn't give it up. More powerful than Corey Lewandowski. It has much closer ties to Vladimir Putin. Which is scary. Uh-huh. Maybe you can find his shirt. <laughs> <laughs> the horse is wearing it. Exactly. So this week I thought we could talk about at least one of these. Okay. Uh the num the number one in the list of uh. fifty eight is birtherism. For for, your- tr- for Trump? Yeah. Yeah, well, Trump Trump is a birther. Uh, mm-hmm. For years, Trump has suggested that President Obama fabricated oh, yeah. his birth certificate in order to be eligible to run for president. As evidence of this, he has cited the work of Maricopa County, Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio, <laughs> who we all know to be the, the most brilliant guy in the world, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, the puppy's escaped. <laughs> He's escaped. <laughs> oh, he left his he bed. Heard, he heard Trump and ran. <laughs> uh so he cited the work of Maricopa County, Arizona Sheriff Joe Arpaio, <laughs> Israeli Science, the Conspiracy Theory Clearinghouse, WorldNet Daily, and an unnamed, quote, extremely credible source. Yeah, that sounds familiar. <laughs> Trump has, awesome source. Trump has falsely claimed that the president spent millions of dollars to keep his, to keep this quiet, and Rowling suggested that the president's grandmother confessed to witnessing his birth in Kenya. <laughs> he cannot give his birth certificate. He told radio host Laura Ingram in 2011, he added, he doesn't have a birth certificate. Or if he does, there's something on that certificate that is very bad for him. Now, somebody told me, and I have no idea whether this is bad for him or not. I don't not, know who it was. But perhaps it would be that where it says religion, it might have Muslim. Where on your birth certificate does it say religion? And if you're a Muslim, you don't change your religion, your religion by the way. You don't. But somebody <laughs> said... Maybe that's the reason he doesn't want to show it. Uh, I don't think so. I just don't think he has a birth certificate and everybody has a birth certificate. So That's amazing. Um, I don't think you have a religion marking on your birth certificate. Uh, I think some I think some states might. Okay, I don't so know. I, I, well, on mine, I don't think there is one. I think in Utah they automatically stamp them, don't they? Mormon. Mormon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's not even a stamp, it's just pre filled out Mormon. Mormon. It's, like, it's like the Provo Police Department badges. It just has a big temple at the top. <laughs> When I hear he took an ad in the paper, his parents, these are poor people. When he did you, when did you ever hear of anybody taking out an ad in the paper? Trump said in the same interview, casting doubt on the announcement of Obama's birth in Honolulu newspaper. I see so much fraud in the world. An ad like that could have been staged. I don't mean staged at the time. I mean, could have been computer generated five years ago, eight years ago, two years <laughs> oh, ago. He's amazing. It could have been computer generated. The Rockefeller family doesn't buy ads in newspaper, and now you're going to have two poor people putting an ad in the newspaper that their son was born? There's something fishy about the whole thing. Very fishy, he continued. Wow. Trump went on to hail birthers as, quote, great American people and described himself as a proud birther, noting that he, quote, went to a great college, the best, and it was a very good student and a very smart guy. Well, it wasn't Trump University. We know that much. <laughs> Either is fine, or he was born in Kenya, or in my opinion, there's a very good chance he was born here, and he was born in Kenya. There's a good chance he was born here and said he was born in Kenya. 
Trump said in 2014. Because if you're born in Kenya, you got into colleges and you got aid. Very simple. <laughs> Trump has also claimed that Obama himself, quote, said he was born in Kenya and when? promised to write a book laying out his birther theory. <laughs> of course, this was two years ago and we haven't heard much of it since then. No, but he did do the birther theory with uh, Cruz. Ted Cruz, yeah. Yeah. Which just might be actually true. More maybe conspiracy things. Or maybe our stuff? outro can be the Hex Files theme. No, 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 no. <laughs> Imagine if your neighbor claimed to believe that there was a diamond buried in his backyard that's the size of a refrigerator. And you ask him why. You see him out on his lawn digging every Sunday with his family. Imagine how you would feel about his mental faculties if he said, well, this belief gives my life a tremendous amount of meaning. You know, or you don't understand. My family and I really enjoy digging for this on Sundays, and it has a, a remarkable bonding effect on us. <laughs> or, or what if he said, I wouldn't want to live in a universe where there wasn't a diamond buried in my backyard. <laughs> it's, it's pretty clear that these responses are inadequate, I mean, deeply inadequate. I mean, they're, they're worse than that. They really are the responses of a madman or an idiot. And it's so easy to see. And yet, change the subject to the existence of God who can hear your prayers, who's looking out for you, despite all of the other devastation we see in the world going on each day. God is protecting you and your family. You change, you change the subject to that proposition, and all bets are off. In fact, you could not possibly get elected to office in this country unless you endorsed that kind of thinking. Well, do you want you want to do a media thing first? And let's then we'll do, let's do media, and then we'll, the media will probably lead into this. Okay. First up, we have All this right. is everybody's favorite. Oh, fucking the crypt geek, the crypt keeper. Oh, you know what? I've only watched about half of this because uh -huh. I got so pissed off I popped a boner. <laughs> really? That's how mad. You got a angry, really? You got an anger boner? I did. Holy I fuck! I had I had to walk away. Really? I, oh yeah. Just don't uh, anger so I fuck. I haven't finished. All right, no. get, get all of the throwable things away from yeah. Jeff for a moment. <laughs> I deny this. Is, this is uh, Pat Robertson saying that gays and Islamists are allies, so let them kill themselves. One more time, I want to mention the fact that this is a religious belief. It is deeply ingrained in the people. And for when our president refuses to acknowledge it, when the Secretary of State, uh, now the Democratic uh, nominee for president uh, refuses to acknowledge and says that this is a slur against a, quote, great religion. This is nonsense. This is what this great religion teaches. And it's right in the warp and woof of Islam. So uh, whether you like it or not, that's the way it is. So the the left is. So you can so, suck at lefties. So he's saying Islam teaches homosexuality. No, I think he's saying that Islam teaches that you should murder people. Okay. As if Christianity doesn't. Yeah. Having a dilemma of major proportions, and uh, I think for those of us who, uh, uh, you know, disagree with some of their policies, the best thing to do is to sit uh, on the sidelines and let them kill themselves. <laughs> okay, never mind. That's that's where it ended. I, I, I assumed I was more than halfway through. <laughs> that was halfway through. That was the whole thing. Yeah. And of course, since then, the Christian Broadcasting, broad, broadcasting, broadcasting, the Christian Broadcasting Network 
has released a statement today saying that Robertson was clearly using the word killing metaphorically during his discussion of mass murder. ah. So how do you take that metaphorically? How do you metaphorically kill somebody that you're talking Um, about? They're killing other people, so we should let them kill themselves. You just unplug their iPhones and wait for them to run out, and they just die. (laughs) I mean, I can metaphorically make somebody eat a shit sandwich. Yeah? Like, just make something really shitty for them. Yeah. But how do you, metaphorically killing someone, like, what's, like, oh, I'm just going to hit them hard. Not actually kill them, I'm just going to punch them. I'm just going to ignore them really rapidly. Well, this, is this, is this a problem of just... Christian interpretation of anything. I think well, so. some things are metaphor and some things are to be taken literally. And ultimately, we're going to be the deciders of well, what should be metaphor. I what think is the literal. decider is actually when they realize it was wrong. Yeah, it it's was not, wrong to have said this. It's so like, then it's oh, metaphor. you know what? Never mind. Or was it when they oh, realized wait, people that's are really not what pissed we off meant. about this? Um, we it, were just speaking metaphorically. Or is it? Oh shit! The same part of the Quran that says to kill homosexuals is the same as the same part in the Bible that says to kill homosexuals. Yep. You should is go it a metaphor, or should that literal? You should yeah. go out there and stomp on a kitten. Oh wait, you actually did it. Never mind. Uh, we really meant Met- that you should. Not eat bread. Yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. Yeah. I, by, he, by stomp, we meant hit a garbage can rhythmically to make music for the kitten. Oh, good one. <laughs> rhythmic, rhythmic kitty music. Oh, yeah. You ever heard of stomp? Stomp's amazing. Stomp the yard? No. No. Oh? No, stomp the music. Yeah. music the music group. Yeah, where they're just banging on trash cans. And oh shit. yeah, yeah. It's like, a bunch of like, British guys just yeah. bang, bang, bang. or like hanging off of like scaffolding on like ropes and like swinging back and forth and banging on stuff, smacking pipes on shit. Yeah, I, I like it. It's like an S and M version of the Blue Man Group. Yes, or maybe it's the <laughs> other way around. To be honest with you. <laughs> Well, do the S and M wear? Are they, they do wear a pretty tight outfit. I was gonna say the Blue Man Group because they look like they're covered in latex. They do. That's why I think that's. I'm like, yeah. I think their face because you, you you are stuck on looking at their face. But what do they wear on the rest of their body? I don't know. All I you see don't is, see it. You, you see their face. You're, all you're, I see is banging pipes. Yeah. Oh, see that works too. <laughs> <sighs> oh. So before we get to this story, you had something about about. Firearms. So, the Second Amendment, we all know, and it and it does get misquoted. So, I'm going to really quickly bring up what the Second Amendment actually says. Because a lot okay. of people think the Second Amendment says it's for the people to keep and bear arms. Shall not be infringed. Shall not be infringed. But what it actually says is a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state... The right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. The people shall right not people be infringed. Shall not be infringed. Where's my rocket launcher? But I want a tactical nuke for Christ's sake. If you go to the Federalist Papers, where they're talking about this, yeah, uh, this is a little, a little lengthy. That's not the Constitution. Give me my grenades, God so, damn it! In the Federalist Papers, which if you don't know what the Federalist Papers are, it's basically an, an additional explanation of what they meant. About or where they got the ideas, and it's kind of it's like their cliff notes on the Constitution. Who wrote these Federalist Papers? Oh, our founding fathers did. The founding fathers? Well, yeah, it was a uh, what's his name? Thomas Paine. Uh, Paine. Well, James Madison authored this one. Oh, Federalist Paper number forty-six. Oh, 
says, let a regular army fully equal to the resources of the country be formed and let it be entirely at the devotation of the federal government. Still, it would not be going too far to say the United States government with the people on their side would be able to repel the dangers. The highest number to which, according to the best computations, a standing army can be carried in any country does not exceed one hundredth part of the whole number of the souls, or one twenty-fifth the part, uh, the number able to bear arms. Uh, say, say that one more time. It says, does not exceed one one-hundredth part of the whole number of souls or citizens, or one twenty-fifth part of the number able to bear arms. So that's what they're saying they'll have for a standing army. Okay. So 125th of the people, which at the time I think was between the ages of like 18 to 35 was considered eligible well, for the military. Well, that's 125th of the people who are able to bear able arms. Able to air, bear right. arms between the ages of 18 and, and 35. And 100th of the total population. population. They say souls, but the population. This is what they're saying is a standard standing army for a country, and they do not believe this is enough to repel an invading country. Now, probably because at the time with the 13 colonies on the coast, they still weren't a huge number of people, and that they're still to become to be invaded by another country, it's not quite big enough yet. Uh, they said the proportion will not yield in the United States of an army more than 25th. Uh, to those who be opposed to a militia amounting to near half a million of its citizens with arms in their hands, officiated by men who have been chosen among themselves, fighting for their common liberties and united in conducting by the governments, possessing their uh, affections and confidence. It may well be doubted whether a militia, thus circumstanced, could ever be conjured by such a proportion of regular troops. So he's basically saying you have to offset... Regular troops by militia. Okay, but expressly for government-sanctioned reasons. Reasons to be able to fight in a war. Basically saying, yeah, we won't have enough in our military to defend our country. We are going to need more people, which will come from our citizens that are within... In order to do our bidding. Yeah, in order to work for the military to do be the defense of this country. To do be the defense of this country. Those who are best acquainted with the last successful uh, resistance of this country uh, uh, against the British Army will uh, most inclined to deny the possibility of it. Besides the advantage of being armed, which the Americans possess over the people of almost every other nation, the existence of subordinate governments to which the people are attacked and by which the, mil- uh, the militia officers are appointed forms a barrier against the enterprise of ambition more uh, insurmountable than any which is a simple government uh, of any form that can be admitted, notwithstanding the military establishment in the several kingdoms of Europe, which are carried as far as public resources will bear. The government are afraid to trust the people with arms, and it is not certain that with this aid alone, they will not be able to shake off the uh, their yokes. Not sure what that means. Shake off their yokes. yokes. They won't be. They, they won't be slaves. Yeah, to... Oh, okay. There we go. Oh, yokes. Yeah, like a uh, cattle. The yoke around the neck. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but were the people to possess the additional advantage of local governments chosen by themselves, who could collect the national will and direct the national forces, and officers appointed to the militia by their government, and attached uh, both of them to the militia. 
it may be affirmed with the greatest assurance that the theorem of every tyranny in Europe would be speedily overturned in spite of the uh, legions which surround it. Well, that's exactly what I'd expect to hear from something called the Federalist Papers. It's all about give big government taking away our guns. So at the time, we didn't have something called... It's the feds coming to take our guns, <laughs> even well, way back yeah. then. I told you, we've been telling you since the Constitution See, was even written. The Constitution told us Obama's coming for our guns. <laughs> well, and here the uh, the militia is assigned God by the government. Damn Federalist and Papers, I'll tell you what. You got... Yeah. <laughs> Tom, a pain in my ass is what his name is. Because you, you you could consider our armed forces, the the active duty forces, is our federal militia. Uh-huh. They're our standing army. Our National Guard and our reserves are our militia. Appointed militia. As an appointed militia. Now, they, it was very, they, in, in this particular passage, it was very expressively said appointed the militia. Appointed militia by the government. But and not by personal decree. No, by the the government, and right. that's the same thing right now with our uh, national guard. The that state government can sit to tell the national guard it's time to you know ready up, stand up, and time to rein it in. And we normally use it in the United States for national emergencies. The national guard the, will be aid oh oh oh, oh during, the, like yeah. like like a, a bad hurricane or tornadoes or yeah. Well, and we have tsunami. we have just under one and a half million active. Regular military members, federal yeah. military, Army, Air Force, Marines. Yeah. Now, with as far as as far as the Second Amendment is concerned, uh, a lot of people really like uh, talking about uh, you know the well armed militia. And it's our right, but uh, excuse me. Yeah, but that's the fact that they don't understand what a militia is. Right, and this this was written before. I mean, when was the army officially formed? It was. Um... Uh, eighteen. Well, s- or, well in uh, seventeen seventy six was when we declared our independence. We we had our constitution in seventeen eighty six. Uh, we fought plenty of wars. At, I mean, we've been we were fighting wars constantly after right. that. And that that's when the militia aspect came in because there wasn't an actual national. Like the army was the first armed forces that no, was official honestly, military. I think, no, wasn't I think it? it's the marines. Or is it the oh the marines? The marines. Oh, man, I don't remember now. Uh, now I'm messing I think the marines up. is our oldest. Our oldest. I think the marines just had their 150th, 160th birthday recently. Which the constitution at that point yeah. predates. And uh, oh, Dan's looking up for us right now, uh, which is good. Good fact checker. <laughs> uh, a lot of the so the worst the the, the usage of the 1775, word 1775 is said in there 1775 in Philadelphia. Okay, so at that point, even so, with the signing of the Constitution, at the cusp of this, the uh, army is the oldest branch of the military. The army oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I thought it was the Marines. Yeah, yeah. and the, and then what is it? When when was when were they officially enacted as the official U.S. or what's their inception date? What's the the army? The army came around history. In, the Continental Army was created June 14, 1775. Okay, we didn't declare independence till seventeen seventy six. Correct. So at that point, even if the entire country at that time. Were, were armed and ready to fight and, and, and actually agreed with why they were fighting. Uh, by the time the Constitution was signed, there would have been no other appropriate word other than militia to use. Yes. 
Because you couldn't have said an army or a military or because a national guard. Because or... in one year, even with their official formation and official, uh, you know, uh, this is who we are and this is what we're going to do with this particular faction of U.S. Um, uh, citizens, there is no way for them to say, "Hey, in one year we have an official army." Therefore, the army yeah. is the only one that can do. I this. mean, in one year, it'd be impossible to get enough people together, trained and armed. Yeah, we can't even get. Uh, well, no, I was going to be a smart But even, and, and then, uh, like I was talking when we took our little break there, uh, during the Civil War, there, there's a house back home where I remember where it was a house where they went to sign soldiers up during the Civil War for the local militias. And they were assigned and they picked their leaders. In an official capacity. In an official capacity. You'd go and you'd sign up. You'd sign on the dotted line saying, yes, I am now a part of, you know, the Wisconsin 142nd militia. I'm part of, you know, well, Utah didn't have one yet because they weren't actually a state. But, you know, each state and each area would have their own militia. So that militia, there might be 15, 20, 30 militias coming out of each state and going down and fighting underneath the guise of a larger army. Yeah. And the, and the other part that's, that's, that's really, really missing, uh, during arguments. Now, everyone, when they argue the Second Amendment, only argues a word or two. They don't argue the entirety of it. Yeah. Now, I think one of the most important parts, not not only is the the definition of the word militia, especially given when the word was used, mm-hmm. and it could be updated, was the 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 words that can't be updated are well regulated. regulated. Yes, that right, plain and simple. Right, there's really no way around, around that. It. In our national and well, is well regulated, well regulated through. What? Which is the Constitution? Yeah. Which is the U.S. government? Which is basically an embodiment of our representatives. Yeah. And so. now, when people talk about Sweden uh, being, there we go. You got a tattoo? Oh, we the people. We the people. Jeff has uh, a tattoo that says "We the people." Uh, I like discussing this. When, when, when people always reference the fact that, oh, well, Sweden has the most amount of guns, but they have the fewest. Well, no, it's not Sweden. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Most of yeah, my guns, the fewest amount of gun deaths. It's like, well, okay, let's break this down. Every male in that country is from the age of, I think it's 18 to 35 is expected to serve, what is it, like six years or something like that if you are enlisted in like another two years if you're an officer in the military. If you are a enlisted person... You get a SIG 522 rifle that you have to keep in your home that's ready to go. You also got to keep all your military stuff ready to go to defend the country. If you are an officer, you got to keep all your stuff ready to go and you have a 9mm pistol. Once you are done with your time, your time is up, you hand that all back in. At that time, it is like saying if all of our National Guard had their weapons at home with them so at a moment's notice, they could jump up and fight. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what it is. There. And, and, and I don't disagree with that on the scale in which they have to deal with that. But because the, just like the formation yeah. of the United States, it was very, very small and very, very concentrated. Yeah. In a very, very, you know, but, specific but, area. But the thing we're forgetting, the people that have the guns there are the, mili- the military. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's not your average citizen just having a not everybody just has a gun in their yeah, home. It's, it's the not, military members of that country. It's not some pot-bellied redneck. Exactly. It's guys that go and train. Fucking his cousin on Friday night and going out yeah. and shooting uh, AK-47 on the weekend. Yeah. I mean, it would be the same thing as if. Because he wants to. Yeah. And once they're done, once their service is complete, they don't get to keep that. And that's what is a misnomer with that. I hear everybody say, well, they get to keep that What for life. I'm like, no, they don't. 
you can go and actually read about it and find out that they don't have, get to keep their weapons. Yeah. And, you know, on top of that, with a smaller population, there's also a, a, a greater way of being able to handle problems when they arise. Yeah. When it comes to our military, and you, you were military, yeah. right? Uh, when it comes to our military, it's such a large, expensive operation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no way, I don't think. Well, I think during the Gulf War, we had the largest troop movement ever, where we had some 150,000 troops in uh, Saudi within 24 hours or something. And with, with typical, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a little mean here. With typical United States, uh, use them and dump them mentality. Uh, when it comes to our military and uh, the large operations and the kind of shit that they go through, I couldn't imagine that. That's, I, I, I couldn't imagine the kind of stuff that they, they could get into. And as soon as their service is done, it's, well, you're done. Yeah. What do you want from us? Mm-hmm. And it's inappropriate to, at that time to uh, a lot of these guys are coming back with serious emotional right. and social problems. Yeah. It isn't even necessarily this particular person can't handle his time. It is this particular person. We're not going to allow him to handle his time because it's, um, you know, le- use him and leave him. Yeah. And, and at that point with pump the, them and dump them. yeah, that's yeah. the problem. That's, I think that's what I was trying to use. But at that time, the, the guys that, have a really hard time, which is a lot of them because not only just because they've been in combat or just because they have a personal life. And in America, a personal life, I mean, every single one of us is the American soldier. Every single one of us, uh, we are the future millionaire. We are the future president. We, are, And when these guys go out there and experience actual depression and actual, you know, in the trenches and actual (laughs) violence and they come back and go, wait a minute, I'm not as special as I thought I was. And it just, their, I mean, their wives could lead them or even if none of that even happened, if none of, if they didn't have anything at home, the mentality of a soldier returning home, not just because of social problems, but because of government problems, the government has dumped you. You're most into, let's say a single guy goes out. I don't know your situation. Single guy goes out and serves and gives his all, gives everything, and his relationship is with his friends and his government because that's who's running his life. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you get back, you go, wait a minute, sweetheart, what happened? And there's no answer. And the government shits on all of our yeah. veterans yes. and doesn't yeah. take care of them. Yeah. yeah. What, I think, I mean, I what think are they a, supposed to do? A, a big issue with it, when I would always go over in a small team, so okay. we didn't always fly in uniform and all that kind of stuff. So when you'd come back, you're just a Joe Schmo on a plane, and everyone else in this plane that's coming home from a holiday or a family vacation and crying kids, and you're sitting there, you haven't slept in 40 hours, and someone's complaining because you smell bad, and I'm like, I was in Afghanistan. Hey, why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> like, I was fucking in Afghanistan yesterday getting shot at. Yeah. Where the fuck were you? Yeah. So it's not like that airline um, commercial Disneyland. where the soldier comes in and the guy goes, no. you can have my first class no. seat. Oh, that's no. surprising. Yeah. No. <laughs> Well, I mean, the thing too is, I mean, a lot of times I would want to, like, I would have civilian clothes packed. So once we got back to the States, and a lot of times our flight would come in. I remember one time we came into Baltimore, like three in the morning. Airport was closed. So we all went and changed, or I, took, I went to sleep first in, in a part of the terminal that was under construction. We mm-hmm. just, we, at, when you're also in that mode, 
rules don't fucking matter. Right. <laughs> There's the thing that says no entry. I'm like, I'm going back there because it's going to be quiet. <laughs> so rules don't fucking matter. So we're in a closed off part of the airport when it's closed sleeping. Uh, then we had like a flight at like seven in the morning and we, I think we, we, around like five in the morning or something, a bunch of us decided to go into the bathroom. We all stripped naked pretty much and started taking towels, wet towels yeah. and bathing ourselves. And someone walks in, just gives us the weirdest fucking look. And we're looking at him like, dude, I haven't gotten to take a shower in three days. Well, I've been wearing a private the same party, clothes. Sir, you need to turn around. Like, <laughs> We've got some U.S. senators in the stalls. At the same time, all of our military clothes are laying on the floor, yeah. so we probably got the hint that we're a bunch of soldiers coming back, and we just want to fucking get clean. Yeah. Uh, we also had once that we were we might have been drunk. <laughs> uh, what the hell you say? At at uh, six seven in the morning, drunk Duffy. I can't imagine this. Well, the bar had just opened, and we had like an hour before our flight took off. Uh. And you took advantage of that. All hour. of us took advantage of it. <laughs> and a couple of people walked by us and going, "Look at those fucking dirtbags getting drunk at six in the morning or whatever it was." And my buddy stood up and turned around and said, it's fucking eight o'clock at night in Iraq right now, you son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Larry's right. I mean, is that, is that a common occurrence that, that, that a lot of people feel? I mean, you, I mean, the thing is, is, is is when you, you're used to a certain mode of everything being structured, everybody being a certain way, like even like walking into the store, like if you go to the BX, it's like a road. Like every you walk on the right side of the aisle, you don't walk in the middle. Walk in between. So then you go to a normal store, and there's none of these. You leave your cart on one side of the yeah, aisle and look at shit other. on the other side. You're blocking the whole goddamn yeah. thing, Peggy. Yeah. Get out of the way. So there's none of that common stuff where you're used to stuff being organized and people like, hey, you see someone coming, you move out of their way. Oh, if this is yeah. if you're going to start a military grocery store where people have to follow rules and lines, <laughs> yeah. I'm in. I, I would love in. it. But those the like the, I mean those were some things I got frustrated with and still got frustrated with was people just not being like paying attention to what's going on around them or being respectful towards someone else and they're trying to do something and just being stuck in their own little world and it's like fucking there's more going on than just this. <laughs> Now, I think that was the issue a little bit. But. Now, kind of back to originally what we were talking about, uh, you know, with Sweden giving yeah. their guns to all of the soldiers yeah. to take home. Did you find that it was a a blanket agreement that everyone who shot guns in a conflict should have guns when they get home? Because um, that that's I think that's a social consensus that if you have been in conflict and you've used your gun, you properly know how to use it, which is which is probably pretty right. Is I mean, right. I, th- I think most people that, that, that go on the front lines or have trained with people that do are on the front lines. I mean, I was Air Force, but I got to go train with the Army, and I got to spend a whole month and a half doing combat, like infantry training. So, I mean, we're out there firing a 1,000 rounds a day, so I got really fucking good with my weapons. So, But at that point... But at you- the same time, people that come back from these combat situations, some of them have issues. I mean, it, how how often of an occurrence is it that you go, oh, Jer- Jerry, is that the name that we're making fun of today? Is it Jerry? It's called Jerry. Yes. Jerry. Yes. Uh, Jerry over there, when he gets home- Jerry Gardner he, specifically. Jerry Gardner. <laughs> he, needs to, he needs to be in a padded room and he needs to not even be able to, I mean, cork on the fork kind of mother, you know. <laughs> um, I've known guys that that's happened to. Okay. I had a buddy I went to high school with that was a Marine. He ended up in a mental asylum. So not necessarily because you have 
been trained and you should and and you've it's it's, you've it's, used it's, it's it not the a, fact that you're trained and you've used it. Well, it is a fact that you've used it and you've seen what happens when a bullet rips through someone's skull and you might enjoy it. Those are the guys you got to be afraid of. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> there are guys that I know. I had one buddy that I still talk to every once in a while who asked me when I got back from Afghanistan, said, hey, man, I'm getting ready to go over. And he was a Marine. He had gotten in late because he had had some surgeries done. He's like, I'm, I'm so ready to go over there and just fucking go to town and stuff. I'm like, dude, it's going to be different. I'm like, you're going to get back and have a completely different opinion about this whole fucking thing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he got back and he was like, it sucked. And that switch, yeah, I, I, I can only imagine that that switch is really hard to turn off when someone, you know, when you feel that threatening flight or flight response. I mean, as a soldier, you're you're taught flight is not necessarily it's not an the, option. The, yeah. yeah. I mean, even, even when I was well protected when leaving the base, there's still that moment before you jump on a helicopter or leave the actual protected area. Your heart's fucking pounding because yeah. you're like, I don't know what the fuck's going to happen now. Might not like, be coming back. Might not come know. back. Yeah. I, you know, the chopper could get shot down. We could get dropped off in a bad area. We could, you know, you don't know what's going to happen when you hit the ground. So Nicholas Cage and Con Air shouldn't have been convicted because, I mean, he was a killer and he killed that guy in the beginning. <laughs> I'm, I'm just bringing yeah. humor into it. <laughs> but no, it's 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 the fact. And I've had buddies that were Marines that have said, goes, you know. There's the guys that I know that had shot people because they were trying to defend themselves and guys that would shoot because they like to kill. And, and then, but, and but, those are the ones but, you have to be worried about. And the guys I won't, that enjoy it. And I'm not going to ask about any personal uh, um, experiences, but when that happens, I mean, you have a, you might not even have a choice. Either it was, yeah. that was the worst thing. I, and I never want to experience that again. Or, Hey, that wasn't that bad. And I feel. I mean, it's well, there's, running through well, my that's, veins that's, right now. That's the also, that's the after part too, right? Because if you're in it a lot, you don't have time to think about it. When you get home and you have nothing to do, they give you two weeks of free time to go get shit faced. You get to think about shit. A that's lot. healthy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's when people crumble and people crack because that's when you have the time to think about it. That's when you have the time to remember, or you're talking to a buddy about something. It's a joke, but then you kind of think about it more and more, and like. That was fucked up. Yeah. I, I said how much, something. How much of that was just jokes? Yeah. Well, at the time when you're over there, it's jokes because that's the way you deal with it. Yeah. You, you laugh and you kind yeah. of joke about stuff. And you see these documentaries where people are doing it. And I see people who haven't been in the military like, oh, it's fucking, that's senseless. I mean, they're, you don't have a soul. There's or no like, compassion. No. There's no empathy there. I'm like, that's yeah. kind of how you got to deal with things sometimes. Yeah. You got to be able to joke about it. You got to be able to to laugh a little. Or the way I well, it, took- it's like a doctor in surgery, right? A doctor doesn't look at at their patient while they're in surgery necessary necessarily yeah. as as another human being. I mean, you have to you have to make some bit of separation there, or you'll or you will just go fucking crazy. Yeah, you it's can't. A- uh, you're the human brain isn't isn't designed to handle that type of stuff exactly on a regular basis. That's why the psychology of snipers has changed. They used to teach snipers to shoot for the head, but in order to shoot someone in the face. You got to be looking them right in the face as you pull right. the trigger. Uh, right. I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> now they teach them to just look at the guy's chest. So you're not looking at a face. You're just looking at a chest. You're aiming for the heart. That's twisted. <laughs> no, but they found I, but that. You really, I but mean, mean, it's true. But but the psychology of it was it people helps that with were the psyche, I'm people sure, that yeah. were constantly looking someone in the face as they shot them from a long ways away were getting really fucked up in the head. Oh yeah, I mean they they could probably see those faces over rightfully and over so. and yeah. over and over again. Looking at a and chest the destruction and, and, of those faces, and, and the, yeah. yeah. Looking at someone's chest and don't not don't pay attention to the face. 
I'm just glad I grew up a sissy boy who said I could never handle the military. <laughs> it's finally me. Because guess what? They were right. <laughs> yeah. And me being colorblind and getting my knee fucked up in high school. You wouldn't be allowed. Took me out of yeah. doing anything like that. Yeah. I remember talking to the recruiters while I was in high school and they're like, uh, yeah. So when you go in and you're doing your physical, like, don't tell them that you've had cancer. Uh, don't tell them that, uh, you had knee surgery. Uh, don't tell them like, I need well, my bonus. That'd, that'd be, that's, that would be that lying would, and bad, yeah, right? And that's kind of pertinent information for them to have to yeah. know that I might have medical issues. That goes on yeah. your med alert, doesn't it? Your, <laughs> yeah. Or your, ta- your tags, your, your dog, dog tags. Goes well, your actually, dog the only thing that goes in your dog tags is your blood. Your blood type? type? Yeah. Oh, that's, I didn't know that. That kind of disturbs me. <laughs> is it just your name and blood type? Name, social security number, religion, and blood type. Huh. So we used to actually put. Also, oh, one of my sides would be blank. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can put atheist on it now. When I was when I had mine, I just had non-religious. But you'd you'd put like them in your the dog tags in your boots. Oh, okay. So that way, if your leg got separated from your upper torso, they could match it up. Oh. No, that's my leg over there. That's mine. That's not Jerry's leg. Fuck you, Jerry Gardner. That's Jerry my leg. Jerry Gardner. And uh, you see a lot of, like, I knew, like, a lot of the Special Forces guys wouldn't have anything on but a tag on their shoulder with their blood type. Hmm. No, no patch saying what unit they're with. No, you just see a guy in a uniform and he'd have a patch on his arm with his blood type. And that was it. Huh. Like, hmm. He's you know, one of them special guys. My, my, my uncle, I'll make this quick we, so we can segue, but, uh, my uncle, uh, was a military man. He, he was in the army, I believe. Uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know. So I don't know what you're looking at. Yeah. I, I, I was more or less yeah, looking for confirmation. <laughs> like, like he was the, a Marine. You know, my uncle, <laughs> you were in the military. You know, you know him. everyone. <laughs> you live in Utah. Do you know Sarah? No. Um, <laughs> Uh, but she's a Mormon. Anyway, <laughs> he, he lived his, his life in the military, which, to be honest with you, I don't think it was that long. And, and, and he had a medical discharge. Mm. He, in the last few years, um, I think he had some sort of brain injury. I don't, okay. I don't think he was in combat or anything. And, and he and, fell off the back of the truck. Uh, I, I, I think it was a supply or a logistics. Something I I honestly don't know if I'm yeah. if I'm saying this wrong. He'll never know. Uh, <laughs> however, the last few years he about ten years he has really gone off the deep end, and he's really into this. Um, uh, I want to say uh, what's the name of that? The, the, the I want to say faction because it, it's messed up. It's this uh, real libertarian. I think it's like ninety nine percent or one percent or, or, or well the one percent uh, the fourteen. Well, the, oh, no, no, you no, get no. the one percent of the that, that, that's a motorcycle gang. No, it was it was oh the I think it's oh, it's the thirteen. Uh, anyhow, it was some sort of reference to how many people fought for the country in its inception. Okay, hmm. the the thirteen or something. I don't. I, it, it's unimportant. However, um, he is full on crazy now. I mean, we've got pictures of Alex his, Jones, his young his young kid. With assault rifles, and I mean, if you you've seen that picture of the girl with the the Quran and the headscarf yeah, yep, and the yep, gun, and then the yep. Christian girl with the flag in the background and holding the Bible, the Bible. Right. And the gun. Yeah. It, it was akin to that. Yeah, okay. And for his birthday, he received this. It may have been a BB gun, which which I think it was, but nonetheless, the house is full of guns, 
and he's he's crazy. He's 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 a very nervous, very the government's here to do yeah. everything bad to us. There's nothing good that can come of this and we need to take it back. So I got in a conversation and, with him saying, "What does that mean? What like what what are you talking about? We are the government. Yeah. All yeah. of us. We are the government. It's it's an elected it's a duly elected government." They said, "What do you now if you need to stand up, what are you going to do? Well, we are going to get, you know, we're going to hold up our arms and we, we are going to stand up. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to stand up and we're gonna... I said you and what army? And yeah. I was being facetious and and he said, "Oh, all of us in this group, we're going to stand up." I said, "So, what is your network? Where where do you come from? Where do you get information? Yeah. What, other than your cute patch on your on your fatigues, on your jacket that doesn't fit anymore, what <laughs> what do you what is your social structure? What do you yeah. do?" Oh, we'll know when it comes. I'm like, oh, you're, no. you're just fucking in the head, whatever. But, uh, anyway, that's, that's the kind of, that, you know, anyway. Yeah. Speaking of crazy relatives, uh, went to go visit my dad for Father's Day. And I think I've mentioned on a show previously that my dad got pretty sick last year, almost yeah. died and has since decided that he's going to pursue being a devout Mormon. Ah, yes. Awesome. Yeah. Sort of. The best kind of pursuits. <laughs> so we go to his house, and it's me, Tracy, and my two kids. Danica had to work, so she wasn't able to join us. But we're at my dad's house, and he goes over to my kids. And he's like, oh, hey, I have something for you guys. Follow me. And he leads them away, and you know, I'm talking to my grandmother and Tracy and just visiting, whatever. And we have dinner, everything goes fine, you know, it it was it was a lovely visit. Guy from Malad brought the puppy down. That's yep. when we got the puppy was yesterday in Brigham City. And it wasn't until the ride home that I discover that the thing my father wanted to show my children was a triset of Book of Mormon scripture mm. or LDS scriptures. So it's it's not the Quad, but it's the Book of Mormon, the Doctrine and Covenants, and the Pearl of Great Price, mm. all in one, one cl- bound uh, edition one of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so do my kids now, awesome. each one of them. Oh, that's uh. awesome. <laughs> and so we're, we get in the car to leave. We're driving home, and, and my son from the back seat says, so just because I'm sure you'll hear about it, one way or another eventually, and to get it out of the way, I figure I should let you know that Grandpa Dan gave us these books and was really weird and said that, you know, we should, we should read at least the Doctrine and Covenants. He said that the Book of Mormon is, is kind of hard to read and some of it doesn't make <laughs> sense, but we should really at least read the Doctrine and Covenants. And then he started talking about how neat it will be when, you know, after death and, in the afterlife when uh, we can each have our own planet and think of how much good you can do with your own planet. Awesome. And I'm like, are you bullshitting me? And my son's like, no, he was dead serious talking about how awesome it will be after we die and we can each have our own planet and how much good can we do with our own planet. And hopefully as good as our creator has yeah. done. And I was like, <laughs> wow. I said, so. I would encourage you guys to actually do it. Read yeah. it. Yeah. Good for you. Read it. 
you guys should should read it. I said, and don't just read the Doctrine and Covenants. Read the Pearl of Great Price and yeah. read the Book of Mormon. You know, if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer anything that you got. And, you know, we can go through it together if you guys want. But, you know, this way, when somebody says, well, have you read it? How do you right. even know? Like, you yes, can say, I fuck have. yeah, I read it. And I thought it was as ridiculous as – it as was even more Hubbard. ridiculous than what, than what I thought it was when I, yeah. when I went into it. Yeah. I said, you know, it'll it'll give you more information about it, give you a firmer footing to stand on. And I said, if you choose to believe it, we should probably have some more conversations about it. But, you know, I think you should read it and read it with a critical eye and and think about it. I'm like, you guys are smart. You you know what's up. You know what's up. And then he says, oh, and also, <laughs> here it comes. Here's, here's the, a copy for you. Here's and, the gauntlet. And also, apparently. He's having conversations with with Mindy, my sister, who has been dead for a couple of years now. Oh, oh. He's having conversations with Mindy through the carbon monoxide detector in the house. <laughs> He'll talk to the carbon monoxide detector, and the light on it will blink, and that's messages from Mindy oh, this, from, oh, from uh, beyond the grave. Uh, and I'm like... Wait, 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 what? That's, yeah, uh, that's, that's that. Apparently my, apparently my father is losing his fucking mind. Oh, no. Or he needs to change the batteries in his carbon monoxide detector. Or he needs to check the hot water heater. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wow. Really, he thinks he's having conversations with my dead sister through the carbon monoxide detector in the hallway. Because what? surely that's the most efficient way what to relay any messages. What part of the messages. Book of Mormon talks like that? And how how would this conversation have gone before a carbon monoxide detector was even invented? Oh. Or available to my father to use to communicate with my dead sister. I used to leave mass- messages on the bathroom windows in the fire station after taking a shower. So that way when the next guy came to take a shower, there would be a message on the on the mirror. My, Get out. No, it's most like I'm watching you or you know, stop I'm, jerking off. I'm going to I'm going to be one of those conversation hoppers because I have something on for both of the My son just this just this week. Uh Did he discover that? No. This <laughs> is even better because we we now all live upstairs. Yeah. Uh he, he we were we were driving, I can't remember where we were driving. And he goes, "Dad, I said, yeah. He goes, who wrote Red Rum on the mirrors? <laughs> because I Did beh- you do that? behind behind <laughs> in my in my in my bathroom we've got uh, you know I've got a bathroom and this is or, or in my bathroom I've got a a mirror that that the cabinet we talked about yeah. earlier uh-huh. and then six mini mirrors okay in in a pattern uh-huh. and I did Red Rum. I, you know, I put grease on my fingers from my oh, forehead yeah. and, and wrote it through. So when it would fog up in there, it Red Rum would show sure, up. Yeah. And so my oldest son starts laughing because he 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 knows what it's from yeah. because of The Simpsons. But oh. uh, but my youngest son and I'm just laughing. And then Topher goes, "I didn't I didn't put it there." And then Zach, my youngest, well, I don't I don't know even know what that is. And uh, and I'm giggling, and he goes, "Dad, it's not funny." I said, no, that's really funny. And then, and once again, in my in my household upheaval, we've been moving a lot of stuff around, uh-huh. inversely throwing a lot of stuff away. And what we found, uh, I found my triple combination. And my son, my oldest, was asking what it was. 
because it had my name on it. And I and I said, well, look at it. And he looked at it. Oh, I said, oh it's the Bible in the Book of Mormon. Was it the gold leaf stamp? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, it's awesome. The fancy edition. It's, it's a red leather bound. I got it from <laughs> oh. my grandpa. Uh, Hand stitched. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and... Uh, he he said, "What you know? What is this?" And 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 then I explained. He said, "Oh, okay, I know what it is." And I said, "Have, have you ever read it?" And he goes, "No." I, I said, "Let's read it. Let's read it together. Let's do it." No, I'm not really interested in reading that. <laughs> I said, "No, I I really really will." It's okay. been so many years. I said, "I don't think I've ever completed the Bible cover to cover." I mean, I know a lot about it. Yeah. I said, but the Book of Mormon, Pearl of Great Price, and the and the DNC, I've read multiple times. Uh-huh. But. Uh, Let's let's read it. That's our summer reading. I said, I'm sure in the ward here we can go say, do you guys have a summer schedule for the reading of how much each day? And and hopefully he'll agree. <laughs> wow, I don't know that I could put my kids through that. So I, you know, I told them that they should read it. Yeah, they're, and they're both like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, maybe we maybe we would. And my son says, well, I'm just gonna read it so that I can send so that I can send funny things to my friend Eric. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to do it. <laughs> And yeah, but apparently Dan Ellis Sr. is losing his goddamn mind. That sounds like it. So I don't know if I should start looking at nursing homes now or, oh, no. or, or medication. <laughs> Something. Didn't, weren't you just mentioning you have a guest room? Oh, he's not coming here. <laughs> just, uh, we're well, dealing with that in our family too. And, and my, my cousin who's, I'm trying to remember if he's the second. So I'm the oldest mm-hmm. grandchild in the family. And I think my cousin is either the second or third oldest. I can't remember for sure. But growing up, we were like brothers. I mean, we grew up like brothers. You know, my my dad and his brother were very, very close. And so, you know, me and my cousin were always around each other and grew up like brothers. And then right about the age of... 18, 20, between 24 and in there, uh, he just took a hard nosedive into alcoholism mm-hmm. and assholery. And Bad place to go. I decided to take another path, not... Not assholery. Not, not a religious path by any means, but, yeah. um, you know, that I would like to have a decent life and need to do certain things to make that happen and... I'm not going to blame all of the shortcomings in my life and everything that goes wrong on other people. And I need to take ownership of shit and get things done. And now he's 41 years old with two kids and was, I think he's been through two or three marriages in jail, in and out of jail, in and out of losing jobs all the time. And was most recently living with his mother who disowned him a week ago and is staying at my dad's house. Nice. So it's just a whole fucking yeah. ball of bullshit. Of crazy. Over at my dad's house yeah. that I don't really want to have anything to do with. Yeah. And talking to my dad, he's like, so, uh, yeah, you want to see if maybe your cousin wants to come stay with you for a little while? <laughs> I'm like, no. In fact, I was just thinking before you, just before you said that, like, if if anything happens between the two of you that you need to kick him out, don't fucking send him to my house. Yeah. Maybe you should just find a retirement home in Florida because that way he's an old person in a retirement home in a hot state where everything crazy happens anyway. <laughs> so there won't be any ex- – like, it's all right. He's already in You've a got crazy Jeb state. Bush, Marco yeah. Rubio, yeah. S- Scott – what the fuck? Uh, Rick Scott. Yeah. He will fit right in. Yeah. 
And lots of carbon monoxide detectors. Yeah. <laughs> Every room has my, one. My father can talk to my sister wherever he goes. Exactly. Through the carbon monoxide detector. That's, that's where he needs to go. <laughs> I just couldn't believe that. And then, like, my dad won't have any of these types of conversations with me because... Mm-hmm. He, I'm guessing he knows that I would just shut that shit down immediately. Um, because he, he used to have conversations with me about like believing in like the new, the new, the Long Island, the Long Island medium. Oh, Oh, yeah. He thinks that she's fucking awesome. She is. No. That, all of the fucking ghost hunting shows that are on. He probably believes in conspiracy theories then too. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. My, my dad is not good. Taking a trip to Crazy Town. Very Crazy Town. Uh-huh. And I'm not sure what to do about it. But, yeah, I it's going to be something that I have to deal with yeah. because I'm the only sibling and the rest of my family are very LDS, <laughs> probably think along similar lines yeah. to what my father believes. And so... And along that point, is it like... Uh, Hey, we, we've been tasked to take care of him because we are his offspring. Or it's going to be, oh no, he's crazy, Dan, and you're, in, <laughs> you're sane, so you take care of him. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've seen signs of him being not entirely mentally healthy for a while. Mm-hmm. But yeah, hearing, hearing my son say that my father voiced out loud to my son that my father is having conversations with my dead sister through a carbon monoxide detector. Yeah, by the way. <laughs> was was like, okay, well, I need to start moving up my planning yeah. on putting Grandpa Dan into, a, into some kind of fucking home because that shit's going to go south pretty quick. Yeah. If it went from, well, if it went from in October, him telling me that he's an atheist to then getting sick and then like in January, February, me noticing that he had purchased the In God We Trust license plates for the back of his yeah. car. That was a quick turnaround, yeah. And then finding out that, you know, he had started going to church and then finding out that now he's super into church and, and also talking to dead relatives through, through a household. Uh, you know, it's a sense of mortality. Yeah. Safety devices, yeah. What You want to know what else is kind of crazy? I mean, that's happened within six to eight months, yeah. so. Wow. I mean, there's this, there's a false assumption about science uh, operating here. Science is not in, in principle committed to the idea that there's no afterlife or that the, the mind is identical to the brain right. or that materialism is true. Science is completely open to whatever, in fact, is true. And if it's true that the consciousness is being run like software on the brain and can by virtue of ectoplasm or something else we don't understand can be dissociated from the brain of death, that would be part of our growing scientific understanding of the world if we could discover it. Now, uh, and there's there are ways we could, in fact, discover that if it were true. The problem is there are very good reasons to think it's not true. And we know this from now 150 years of neurology where you damage areas of the brain and faculties are lost. And they're clearly, it's not that everyone with brain damage is has their soul perfectly intact they just can't get the words out this is the, you everything about your mind can be damaged by damaging the brain you can cease to recognize faces you can cease to know the names of animals but you still know the names of tools i mean the the, the, the fragmentation in 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 
the way in which our, our mind is parcelated at the level of the brain is not at all intuitive, and, had, and there's a lot known about it. And what we're being asked to consider is that you damage one part of the brain and the mind, something about the mind and, and, and subjectivity is lost. You damage another and, and, and yet more is lost. And yet if you damage the whole thing at death, we can rise off the brain with all our faculties intact, recognizing grandma and speaking English. Now, another, another kind of really crazy thing is Ted Cruz. That's all you can end it right there. Saying, yeah, that's it. That's all you have to You're say. You're done. It's, it's you Ted know Cruz. another crazy Good sentence. Ted we Cruz. agree. <laughs> it's Ted Cruz saying a 14-hour filibuster against uh, for gun rights is is crazy. Ted Cruz is the person to determine what's crazy these days, is it? The guy who raised Dr. Seuss for a filibuster decides that a <laughs> uh, another filibuster for gun rights or or more restrictions on firearms is crazy when they're actually reading facts the whole time. Not only am I impressed with your segue. <laughs> <laughs> it was very, very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my list items. <laughs> I know because that's why I brought it up. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, well, it's, oh. a, it's a list item for you because I, oh. I knew we were going to talk about the, <laughs> well, that. Thank you. So. Damn, he's good. There's a reason he's done 111 of these. Like, oh, you guys are sitting on the same side of the table. He's been looking at your phone. Uh, but, yeah. but, but once again, we always ruin a segue. <laughs> that was, that was. I mean, genius. We had to point You're it welcome. out because it was too good. It was. Uh, let's see. Uh, just like was properly segued, <laughs> uh, Senator from Connecticut, Chris Murphy, had a 15-hour filibuster speech. Yes, this is very impressive. I, I I kept tuning in every once in a while. And and to be honest, you know, a lot of filibusters, just like you were mentioning, the Ted Cruz with the with the yeah. Doctor Seuss. Yeah. Uh, this particular one, he actually it was, had it, some preparation. Yeah, it was well planned. They had they had diagrams. They had pictures and stories. They had everything. It was crazy. And, uh, so the filibuster itself, which, which we haven't really mentioned, was about gun legislation. Yes. And he was forcing the, 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 the right side of the aisle to, uh, to just vote on something, to yes. just bring something to, bring to a it vote, up. even. Yeah. To just fucking talk about yeah. it, even. Not that he was trying to stop legislation or trying to force through legislation, but just let's fucking talk about like, this. It's, let's bring this it's to beyond a vote. time. Let's let's talk about yeah. these things and vote on these things. We're we're done. We're done being beholden through NRA and special interests, and there's actual people dying. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's what he brought up, and it was it was it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah. And you can find the whole 14 hours on, I believe it's on YouTube, if oh, not C-SPAN 2. Who says C-SPAN 2 doesn't have fun stuff on it? <laughs> I, know. I mean, honestly, <laughs> you was, guys can go screw yourselves. That's it, an awesome station. It, it was the first time every couple hours I was tuning in to C-SPAN 2 all throughout the day. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. That when our own Chasen Jaffetz is on there and uh, points out nice I like the grams. call him Jaffetz. <laughs> <laughs> That's my radio from hell upbringing. Uh, let's see. Uh now, the interesting part about his 15-hour filibuster was, and someone, or is, I should say, uh, someone did the statistics during his actual filibuster. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it was 15-hour filibuster. 48 people currently, during that filibuster, were shot. 
yeah. in the United 48 States. 48 people. 48 people, 12 of which lost their lives. And all he yeah. was trying to do was stand up and say, we need to discuss this. Something needs to come happen or something needs to happen. Something needs to come to a vote. We've got to discuss this. We cannot ignore it anymore. So a person is killed in the United States nearly every hour yeah. through gun violence. Yeah. And it's got a great story on Vox.com. So every hour of every single day. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. That's insane. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, uh, it, I know this is this is kind of throwing something else into the mix, but there's been a lot of legislation recently and a lot of discussions about drones in the sky. I fly a drone. Ah, I do too. Yeah. Mine's mine's a like hobby grade, but I get good good shots. I'll show you. Yeah. Uh, however, there are more discussions on. People who should, the registration, how you can do it, when you should do it, regulations on how you should be able to fly a hobby aircraft, yet gun legislation, which is actually killing people. But how many people are killed by a hobby aircraft every single day in the United States, Honestly, I was going to look that up, but then I thought to myself, (laughs) it's not going to matter if I looked it up. And if it were 10 or 2 or 0... It wouldn't matter. The yeah. discussion, the narrative isn't for facts. Yeah. It is for emotion and it mm-hmm. is for, uh, you know, grabbing a hold of what I think is an extension of my own cock. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I well, use that facetiously, but, but it ejaculates very, very, very forcefully. And it's hard. <laughs> I was, I was watching CNN this morning and they were on there talking about Orlando still. And the guy that CNN had on, I can't remember his name, but he was a douchebag. That's all I remember. And Bill Donahue. No, no, it was. I can't remember if he's a politician or an analyst. I never, I didn't recognize the guy. Oh. Um, but he was saying that the issue here is gun-free zones. The issue isn't gun owners. It isn't the access to guns. It's gun-free zones. We need to get rid of gun-free zones. He goes, that bar was a gun-free zone. That wouldn't happen if people were able to protect themselves. And that, and the person on the morning show was exactly was on the money with going so you want them to be able to carry guns in the bar when they're drinking goes well the bartenders have to be better on restricting how much they can drink like it's a bar where people go to drink and have a good time you know what they should do they should do a huge curtain in front of the liquor Uh, and let's pretend that everybody in the bar had a fucking gun yeah so they all open they all pull out their guns and start shooting how the fuck are they gonna know who to shoot at. And the, the, the thing that the guy just kind of shoved off his shoulder when she mentioned it, she goes, well, there was an armed guard at the front door. He goes, well, but if the people inside were armed, like, no, there was an armed guard at the door. The guy killed him. The armed guard at the door couldn't even protect them. The guy killed him. And presumably this was a person trained in the use of their weapon. He was a cop. He was an off-duty cop that worked as a security right. guard. Yeah. yeah. So he was a person trained in a firearms. You know, and, had to qualify. And on top of that, it took. Obviously, we're segueing into the the Orlando stuff. Yeah. Well, kind of yeah. into Orlando, Which but I kind of want to go into the whole gun free zone thing yes, a little bit yes. too. So, okay, I was going to say it took eleven highly trained, highly specialized uh, ammunitions or munitions uh, specialists to take him down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What would a group of Drunken, having yeah. fun, you know, and the drunken isn't necessarily the part. Well, people that are unaware of the situation, unprepared yeah. for the situation, and emotionally charged do about a situation like that. When it took eleven highly yeah. trained, uh, presumably former military, 
sober, sober. <laughs> uh, you hope some very specialized and very on the money yeah. professionals to take him down. What what the hell could you think a couple people with a gun in their waistband could do to someone like that? And that's that's the other thing too is people. And I even saw someone point out the one here in Utah, which I have to make a correction on what they said. There has never been a private citizen that has stopped a mass shooting that was in progress. Well, that's just because p- more people need guns, Ryan. Well, even when people are armed, because people brought up Trolley Square, which happened here in Utah about six, seven years ago. Uh, it was like eight years was it ago. eight years ago now, already? Yeah. Where they had a mass shooting in the the restaurant mall area there. Yeah. I can't remember how the many people, Square mall. Yeah. yeah. I can't remember how many people died, but they said, oh... It was a it was a private citizen of someone with a concealed carry that took down the guy. He's like, no, it was an off duty police officer mm-hmm. that took him down. That is completely different mm-hmm. than Joe Schmo with a gun. Somebody who had training. Yes. Yeah. There was another case I'd heard in right after the Aurora shooting. There was a guy that went into a movie theater in Texas with a gun by his side, and someone, an observant off duty police officer. Noticed it and took the guy down. Once again, that was not a private citizen that took out someone planning to do a mass shooting. That was an off-duty police officer. So if anything we can learn from these is off-duty police officers should always carry their gun. Yeah. They're more observant. You know, and it's just better trained. It's the same rhetoric and the same diatribe that we hear every single time one of these situations come up. It's the... I mean, we just get sick of them. I mean, uh, I have a, I have a quick list. Um, this is from rollingstone.com. Uh, is it Matt Taibbi? Oh, I fucking love oh, that let me guy. See who it is. That's a liberal article. We can't trust it. <laughs> uh, Amanda Mark, Mark, Makoti. Amanda, Amanda Marcotte? Oh, Marcotte. Marcotte. Yep. Sorry. My eyes are getting fuzzy. Let's see. <laughs> uh, it, th- this particular article is four pro-gun arguments we're sick of hearing. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, in this particular case, I'm not really going to go... I'm, I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to... Because they kind of speak for themselves, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, number one, guns don't kill people. People kill people. Uh. Well, the gun is the tool. If they couldn't get a gun, they couldn't kill the person. Yeah. So, and, and at that point, it's... Well, well, yeah, those that can't tell the difference between one death and, and dozens of deaths... That makes perfect sense, yeah. but but that's not really what's happening. Uh, the next one is the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. No shit, yeah, no. And so so what exactly you know in your repertoire of pithy sayings, where does this really have any relevance of, of truth? I mean, I could say every bad guy with a gun was a good guy with a gun at one point. There you go. Until he went bad. Well, until, and the bad guys, the bad, bad guys with guns who are stopped by good guys with guns, they're stopped by good guys with guns with a shit ton of fucking training yeah. to do so. Yeah. Now, another one. What about the mental health? Red herring. Yeah, that's that's Total exactly red herring. It, it, although it is a red herring, we do need to improve mental health. In this but country. these are two sure, separate they're, issues. Yeah. It, they are separate issues, but we do need to improve. Yeah. Mental health. Yeah, two, I mean, I totally agree. Now, mental health isn't the reason for the shootings. And they, and they obviously have, have, uh, you know, they cross over into each category, but. Well, and I mean, you can look at other countries. You can look at Australia. You can look at the UK. You yeah. can look at, yeah. you know, Germany, Sweden, Switzerland. 
certainly there are people with mental health issues oh, yeah. in these countries. Yep. They don't have these the a- level, the, access the, the number guns. of yeah. fucking gun deaths that we have here in the they United just use States. Machetes. What's the difference between those countries in the U.S.? It's the number of the guns access. available to people. You know, and then and then the the fourth one in this particular article was oh the Second Amendment, baby. Which is which we've already we've already because I want a gun and I, it's in the Constitution yeah. that I can have a gun. You know, and I'll and I'll add a fifth to this one, a fifth. Oh. Uh, apparently, I've had a fifth, but um, uh, is now I totally lost my train of thought, making myself laugh over here. No, is well, so why don't we ban knives? You know, yeah. well, the difference is if someone kills someone with a knife, uh, it, it may be one, it may be two, which is terrible, which is horrible, and and but they don't go into a room and kill forty nine people or with a knife. Or it I hear, just doesn't happen. I, I hear people all say, well, co- more people are killed by cars and hammers. Well, the intended purpose of a car is not to kill. The intended purpose of a hammer is not to kill. The intended purpose of a gun is to kill. And yeah. guess what? If someone is found incompetent to be able to handle a car, guess what happens? They, can't they don't, get to, handle they a don't car. get to have a car anymore. If we're on a construction site and I find you incompetent to use a hammer to hammer a nail, guess what? You no longer get the hammer nails anymore. You have to be on the safety crew. And if you're yeah. and if you're driving a car, we make sure that you know how to operate yep. the car. That you that you pay for insurance yep. in case you do harm anybody with your car. Yep, you have to register it every year to make sure your car is in working order. Yep. Yeah. yeah. We have to test you after a certain age to make yep. sure that you know how to operate your car and are still able to do so and with if, competence. And if you move to a new state, you must prove in that state that you're competent to drive a car to get a new driver's yep. license. Yep. Is that is that how that works? Yeah, I had to retake my driver's test when I came here to Utah. And you know what else? We can do studies on how, on car fatalities uh, oh yeah. and accidents. Yeah, we do. And, and speed limits. And we and different safety features that we put into vehicles to protect lives. Yeah. We can actually study that shit to see what's effective and what isn't. Yeah. We can't do that with guns. Nope. By law, we, we cannot, cannot fucking study that. Nope. Yeah, and then I uh, I can see that Dan has something up on the screen here, but I want to I want to quickly go into a post real quick my brother posted. Oh, okay. This is very short. Okay. So this is this is a commonly shared one. I'm sure you guys have seen this one. <laughs> Are you ready here? Is your brother an asshole? Um, I'll let this post speak for itself. <laughs> Sounds like I, a yes to me. <laughs> yeah, or a prick. <laughs> I We'll talk about this later. <laughs> I stand behind you in the line at the stores with a smile oh, on my face. Yeah. Ah, you already know. Yeah, I, I know exactly what this is. It's fucking bullshit. Yep. Yeah. And a gun under my shirt, and you are none the wiser. Well, you see, it could be said for bathrooms. Okay. <laughs> Yet you are safer <laughs> nice. for having me next to you. I won't shoot you. My gun won't pull its own trigger. It is securely holstered with the trigger covered. It can't just go off. However, rest assured that if a lunatic walks into the grocery store and pulls out a rifle, I will draw my pistol and protect myself and my family and therefore protect you and your family. I may get shot before I can pull the trigger, but I won't die. Here's my favorite part. I won't die in a helpless blubbering heap on the floor begging for my life or my child's life. Fucking prickish right there. No, if I die, it will be in a pile of spent shell casings. Not true. I won't be that victim. I choose not to be. As for you, I don't ask you to carry a gun. If you're not comfortable, then please don't. But I would like to keep my right to choose and not be a helpless victim. These are, there. excuse me, there is evil in the world, and if evil has a gun, I want one too. Copy and play, paste if you believe this too. How do I know that guy standing behind me with that gun that I can't see once doesn't want to kill me? <laughs> That's a, just, okay. 
You ready? Here I come. Okay. Oh, you get the rebuttal paragraph for it? Oh, no. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, this is me. If I choose not to carry a gun, am I therefore choosing to be a victim? Kind of fucked up line of thinking, if you ask me. <laughs> Rape victims are choosing to get it because they have a vagina. Sounds like how about same coming? Line of reasoning. Yeah. How about coming up with a system that works? I don't want to ban guns, but it's getting harder for me to justify their unfettered usefulness usefulness in social in a social way. And he told me that my insatiable rambling bores me. Oh. <laughs> and I told him your mindless retorts are predictable. And he said, Yes, but it's consistent and accurate. Yes, they are. <laughs> yeah. And I said, You're half right. <laughs> then he okay, this is the, the we'll make this quick. Jeff, you should know better. You should educate yourself properly before you talk about things. Uh, First of all, nowhere now. It's I'm very presumptive and arrogant. Yeah. And now it, it, here's I the hate, I, hate, I hate when people fucking go right. Yeah. Here's the other thing I'm leaving out, which you know not, I don't necessarily. I'm not a grammar Nazi, but I'm leaving that stuff out. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, nowhere. In that phrase, does it say that you'll be a victim if you don't carry a gun? It says, I refuse to be a victim by not carrying a gun. In fact... Well, that's what it's implying. Oh, that's exactly what it says. Yeah. In fact, it says that if you're not comfortable carrying one, please don't. Do not compare not carrying a gun to a rape victim. That's a terrible analogy, and you should be embarrassed for using that. No. <laughs> After, oh, here's, God damn it. And here's my favorite part. In society, my society... You can only imagine what's coming next, huh? <laughs> we don't have to speak to guns because it's so prevalent. People are not scared of they guns. They talk to their guns all the fucking time. Oh, he <laughs> lives in deep Montana. Uh, guns are a way of life. You choose to live in a society that is not the way that, okay, that is not the way and believe that guns are the evil. Sorry there, there, uh, not people are the evil and I will continue to protect my family and yours because they are. You can what? say thanks now. For what? Wow, that was a bunch of self-righteous bullshit. I would. Did, did you reply back to him saying, how have your guns protected me once in your fucking life? Yeah, well, yeah, I'm sure he'd make up a story. Okay, so here's <laughs> what I said for as the rape analogy. Uh, so what I did, which I normally like doing, is copying the post and just changing words. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, for intent. Okay. I stand behind you in the line at the store with a smile on my face. This is me. Yeah. And a penis under my shorts, and you're none the wiser. Yet you're <laughs> safer for having me next to you. I won't rape you. My penis won't pull its own trigger. It's securely holstered with the tip covered. I can't just go off. However, rest assured that if a lunatic walks into the grocery store and pulls out a penis, I will draw my penis and protect myself and my family and therefore protect you and your family. <laughs> I may get raped before I can pull the trigger, but I won't be raped in a helpless blubbering heap on the floor begging for my life or my child's life. And no. A pile of semen. Ouch. If I die, it will be in a pile of blood. I uh, almost put semen. You should have put semen. You should have put semen like you're jerking off while you're getting fucked in the ass. I won't be that victim. I choose not to be. As for you, I don't ask you to have a penis. If you're not comfortable, then please don't. But I would like to keep my right to choose not to be a helpless victim. There is evil in the world, and if evil has a penis, I want one too. <laughs> I said, copy and paste if you believe this too. <laughs> See, women choose to be helpless victims because they choose not to have a penis. <laughs> <sighs> it's all their fault. So uh, maybe that was a little uh, longer than I originally thought, but <laughs> it made me laugh. That made me laugh. I thought that was awesome. Uh, did you guys know that Donald Trump almost got I killed? Know. Oh, I did not. 
I don't want to pray for a person to get killed or hope for it because I don't really pray. Well, and you, you know, I don't it wish it true. upon someone. You can pray; it doesn't come true. True, <laughs> but I don't wish it upon someone to just to get killed. It's kind of not nice. There are certain people who I think the world would be much better without. I mean, that was diplomatic. I'll make, I'll make no bones about that. I'm not going to advocate that with, somebody harm them but i mean with i mean you want them dead or you just want them i won't no I won't longer lament, to be in the spotlight i won't lament their death if it were to happen tomorrow true yeah but you're not going to go to the candlelight vigil no no okay. no no i mean unless it's just to laugh but <laughs> christopher hitchens how would you sum up the impact of the ten commandments as an appeal to uh, give your allegiance to a totalitarian authority it's a document of a very aggressive and cruel tribe and religion and it shows obvious things like this code are common to all human morality and i would say innate and that a religion gets its morality from humans and not the other way around the ten commandments have underpinned western law for centuries indeed for millennia what's wrong with that well uh, what's wrong with it is it isn't true of course the fact is anybody socrates for example plato uh, his his recorder anybody who is interested in virtue justice truth the right thing to do is going to examine what is at the heart of good human behavior but let's look at what they don't do they don't stop slavery there's no mention of it and they kept slaves so hello what a perfect society they had because of their Ten Commandments. What did God forget? The Ten Commandments are the hysterical believings of a group of desert tribes. Those desert tribes have stored up more misery for mankind than any other group of people in the history of the planet, and they're doing it to this day. To say that that should underpin the way we live, to say it's a commandment, that gives all your game away. How dare my you game, command? You bid us be commanded. I think life is much more exciting than that to do with finding out. It's not to do with being told by some awful patriarch. Stephen, we're not speaching. We're trying to answer. I am, sorry. I'm happy to. to Because these damn commandments of yours, you say they've made life better. I say they've suppressed and tyrannized Ah. and bullied. Yeah, apparently somebody uh, somebody uh, snuck into. Well, he didn't even sneak. He didn't even have to sneak into a Donald Trump rally in Las Vegas. Uh, according to authorities, a man was arrested Saturday at a Donald Trump rally for attempting to steal an officer's gun and shoot Trump. What? what? Yeah. 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 Michael Stephen Sandford has been charged in a U.S. district court in Nevada with an act of violence on restricted grounds. Reports indicate that Sandford, who has a U.K. driver's license, Ooh. had visited hey, a shooting wait, range. Wait, he wasn't before. even born here. Hold on a second. Two skeptical chaps. Did you send this guy here? <laughs> oh, my goodness. This I was bet Dan and Spike. Did you send this guy here? Their podcast is inciting violence. <laughs> On a side note, <laughs> those guys are US. awesome. They, they are, are very good. cool. I like them very much. Uh, Sanford told officers that he had planned that he had been planning the attack for more than a year. Holy fuck! And had more tickets reserved for future Trump events. He's expected he, to appear in court Monday to hear the official charges against him. He was just looking for the right opportunity. Wait a minute here. This comes to us from Dan Errol. Hasn't Trump said that if during one of his rallies violence, violence ensues, he'll pay for the legal fees? Yes. Yes. So I'm not saying to hurt him, but I'm just saying if he does get hurt, I will pay your legal fees. Yeah. So technically, you should if pay he, for this guy's legal fees. I agree. Yeah. Oh, there's oh, there's a there's a petition right there that doesn't mean anything else like the rest of them. <laughs> By the way, we should have Dan Errol come back on the show sometime. He's got a new book coming out. 
Yeah, he does have a new book coming out, and he has a uh, fundraiser yes. currently up that I will post a link to because he wants to be at the protest when the Ark Encounter opens up. Mm-hmm. By and the way, speaking of Dan. I think he should absolutely oh, yeah. be there. Yeah. I've donated. I think if if any of our listeners can contribute anything to it, that would be awesome. And, I think if, Dan and if people don't remember, we, we had Dan Aaron on the show in the past, and he is the one who's been doing the work on covering the Ark Encounter's bullshittery with their taxes. And yeah, he won the, I believe it was money. the First Amendment Award from American Atheists yeah. last year during the convention for his coverage of Ken Ham and the Ark Encounter bullshit and yeah. Kentucky giving him tax breaks and yep. shit like that. So. When, uh, speaking about Dan, he, uh, he was one of the very first resources for me when I was starting down my path of becoming a heathen. Oh. And he he was very pivotal because I would read and I'd think, yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm skeptical and I started doing research and he was one of the one of the top people that, that kind of showed up in, in all my research for years back and and I found his it, the way he put things was very personal to me and mm. not like ar, 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 ar. Mm-hmm. it was more of a this is how i feel and i don't like feeling any other way mm-hmm. and it's perfectly acceptable and he was one of the first ones where i where i really looked at looked up his stuff and looked in his past and thought okay i nice. I, I like the way this is going yeah awesome shout out to you dan happy to hear that yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah donald trump was almost murdered in las vegas and what stays there or what happens there stays there, so. Wish the guy was playing hand grenades. Cause it almost would have counted. Yeah. Well, close only counts in horseshoes, hand grenades, and thermonuclear weaponry. Yeah, my dad never said thermonuclear weaponry, but he always told me, like, I was like, I almost got it done. He's like, well, close doesn't count unless you're playing horseshoes or hand grenades. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, apparently this guy had been planning it for a year and was very, very close to killing Donald Trump. With a gun from an officer yes. at the rally. Yes. And uh, I know someone who went to, to the rally. He didn't even have to take his own gun in there. No. That's craziness. Yeah. Which which also points out to the point we are talking about earlier with people that carry guns in the grocery stores. I don't know how many people I've seen with an open carry that I'm like walking behind them. I'm like, I know how that holster works. I could pull a gun out of there and shoot you. You may not see back. me standing behind you in line. <laughs> but I could pull your gun out of your holster and shoot you. I have a certain particular set of skills. <laughs> and it is unholstering a cock. <laughs> or a gun, I mean. You guys have never been in a grocery store during like a like a sale, like a case lot sale in Utah oh, County? Oh, yeah. You should well, carry. Not Utah uh, County. You should carry. Yeah. I mean, once it hits the Macy's and you're like... 50 cents for a can of beans and when you buy 35 of them man it's Those it's cowboys. armageddon it gets crazy <laughs> i mean, i guess this is a self-fulfilling profo- prophecy if it's armageddon huh? true so one of my least favorite human beings on the face of the planet one of the people who as i mentioned oh, earlier if they yeah. were to die tomorrow i yeah. certainly would feel absolutely no remorse at all uh bill donahue of the catholic oh. league on Monday, gloated after he successfully helped kill a bill in the New York legislature that would have made it easier for sex abuse victims to bring cases against their accusers. Bill Donahue is a huge apologist for the Catholic Church and thinks that anybody who speaks any ill of the Catholic Church, including the rape of children by priests, is obviously just working on an agenda to kill the Catholic Church. This makes mm-hmm. me sick. Yeah, this man is a walking piece of fucking garbage. Uh, this comes to us from Raw Story. But as the New York Daily News reports, Donahue sent out an email to supporters after the defeat of the Child Victims Act, an act that he said was designed to, quote, 
rape the Catholic Church. <laughs> but um, bump. Well, that, that's what they're doing. <laughs> the bill would have extended the time frame that victims can come forward or can bring forward cases by five years and would have opened up a six-month period for victims to revive older cases. So, according to Bill Donahue, allowing victims to bring cases to court is the same as raping the Catholic Church. I honestly think that if you are underage, there should be no... uh, Statute of limitations. Yeah, statute of limitation on it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how many... How many young kids were raped and were too ashamed or too afraid to tell anybody about it or fu- until or, or, or didn't of, know they could a, do anything about yeah, it yeah until a statute of limitations runs out yeah and now the people who victimized them just get to live scot free yeah i mean and conti- and and get to continue abusing other people mm-hmm. bringing this bringing this more local and at, at a much lesser level but but still emotionally uh, damaging when i was younger you know 11 uh, 12 years old asking about masturbation mm-hmm. in in bishops interviews i didn't realize that was really a bad thing even though it made me feel bad and that this was inappropriate until i was in my 30s mm mm-hmm. And, and by that time, I mean, imagine if in that same interview, I was, I were raped or, or yeah. fondled or, yeah. or, or molested in any way. And I didn't really realize it until I was in my thirties and I went and said, okay, I'm ready to make a change. I've got to pass. This has destroyed my life, mm-hmm. this particular aspect and many emotional and even, even physical relationships with other human beings. This has destroyed it. I would like to have this taken care of and close that chapter in my book. Oh, never mind. You can't talk about that anymore. Yeah. It's, it's horrible. It's disgusting. Another quote from, from Mr. Donahue says, the bill was sold as justice for the victims of sex, of sexual abuse when in fact it was a sham. <laughs> it was a vindictive bill pushed by lawyers and activists out to rape the Catholic uh, Church. Bullshit. Uh, this, he's a, he's a it's walking a, piece of fucking garbage. Trying to protect their fucked up image yeah bill donahue is garbage he's a garbage human being he's a monster give me his cousin phil back <sighs> you guys want to hear some shit from real from rick wiles sure we got we got time for about one more for about one more yeah we got rick wiles or kevin swanson or brian Ooh. fisher those are some great names if we're going off of jerry I mean, now let's do brian fisher because oh, his okay. audio is usually really good yeah he shouldn't have money. So we get to hear loud and clear what a fucking asshole this guy yeah. is. Brian Fisher says that the homosexuals were at the core of forming the Nazi party. I love this one. It's uh. awesome. Here's something that you heard on Focal Point that nobody has said for seven years. You got a seven-year head start on this particular... <laughs> a seven-year head start. A little factoid. This is Jonah Goldberg. We played it yesterday or two days ago. He's on Brett Bayer's program, and he's talking uh, about oh, this Orlando so thing, and drops this little factoid kind of into his commentary factoid. along the way. Let's listen. I'm reluctant to say this, but that might be the single dumbest editorial in the history of the New York Times. Um, I, I, it, 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 it's like a pinata. You can How hit it from any that? angle and get some reward. <laughs> uh, first of all, the guy was a registered Democrat. Right. He swore allegiance to ISIS and somehow the Republican opposition to gay marriage that is somehow associated with this. You know, I know for a fact that a lot of the the founders of the Nazi party were gays. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> a lot of the founders of the Nazi uh, party were gays. And I'm, maybe. I'm, I'm more surprised they're not going, a Democrat with a gun? <laughs> Jeez. And would it um, matter? Should we yeah. should revisit the issue of Nazism based upon the fact that they were homosexuals? It's, 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 all right, what? There's, Joe, there's Jonah Goldberg. What? You know, and I, I haven't heard anybody else in the low information media. I haven't even it's not heard true. anybody else in the conservative media. Oh, so the conservative yeah. media isn't the low information media. It's, it's the it's everybody it's else the outside media. of the conservative yeah. media who's low information. That's your catch all. Because if right they there. had all of the information, they would clearly be more conservative. I mean, if they talked about these stupid conspiracy theories all the time, they would be more right. Right. right We'd right. have a lot more bumper music into that kind of stuff on Fox <laughs> News if that were the case. Bow chicka wow wow. See, who was saying what you just heard? From Jonah Goldberg, that homosexuals helped to form and shape and mold the Nazi Party. I like how he says homosexuals. I the I, homosexuals. Why can't one of these clips the Nazi Party? They accidentally say Homo sapien. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever seen any of those clips from people? Uh, it's it's like Jay Leno, you know, man on the street interview kind of yeah. thing, and it's yeah. like, what would you do if your friend told you that they were a homosexual or that they were a Homo sapien? Yeah. Uh, Guess what I'm looking up tonight? <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. It might bother me. <laughs> I just don't know that I can be friends with a homo sapien. I love it. <laughs> that homosexuals are at the core of forming uh, the Nazi Party. Yeah, so. You know, I said that back in 2009, got absolutely hammered, got absolutely blistered. It's not and true. I think what happened is people like Jonah Goldberg, they saw what happened. To somebody who was willing to step out and tell the truth about the origins of the Nazi party, that it was rooted <laughs> uh. in the homosexual movement, homosexual community. What is with the right's obsession with the Nazi party? I don't know, because I've, I'm, I think I'm fairly good with history. I mean, Glenn Beck can't have a show without mentioning Hitler or the Nazis. And it's never correct. No, it's all it's all bullshit. Yes, it is. If he says Nazi, it's correct. <laughs> this is not the story that you want to be talking about. It was formed in a gay bar in oh, Munich. Oh. Most of the officers of the Jeez. SA, the stormtroopers. Uh, the SA? You mean the SS? Did he just say stormtrooper? Uh -huh. He said the SA and the stormtroopers. Uh-huh. That's amazing. <laughs> to the officers of the SA, the stormtroopers, were homosexuals. You had no chance of advancing... In the stormtroopers, unless you were a practicing homosexual. That's you know, I think it was awesome. William Shirer who said that not uh, that ninety percent of the people around Hitler were not sexually normal. Uh, even uh, Luther no, they Mondekan, like sex who was kids. a noted secular historian <laughs> in Germany, wrote a biography of Hitler, uh -huh. and he said that Hitler was a homosexual, and that the reason the Night of the Long Knives occurred back in 1934 so, when so, he killed. So he'll accept information from a secular writer. As long as it fits his narrative. Yes. That's and he's the a only Nazi. time he'll, he'll accept something from a secular writer. And, and they say And Nazi. Ava Braun had a penis. <laughs> Said a secular writer. <laughs> the Long Knives occurred back in 1934 when he killed Ernst Rome and a number of others was because they were getting ready to out him to the German no. people. They were getting ready to tell the... So, so <sighs> according to Brian Fisher, the Nazi party is started by homosexuals... Perpetuated by homosexuals. Perpetuated by homosexuals, populated 90% by homosexuals, yeah. planned in gay bars, and Hitler is terrified that people are going to find this out about him? Is that the first don't ask, don't tell? How does that work? Man, that's strange. Like, like the Nazi party is 
consisting almost entirely of homosexuals, and Hitler's concerned that news about Hitler being a homosexual might get out. Said a secular writer. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. German people that Der Führer was a practicing homosexual. No. That he could not Der Führer. Yeah. Lothar Isn't that Bakhtan. a Wiener Schnitzel That's why meal? He had all of them killed. So here's something where no, they were, a, yeah. where full- What were you going to say? I'm saying, what are you referencing right now? The Night of the Long Nights. I had to look it up, make sure I was thinking about it correctly, real quick. Wasn't killing homosexuals that knew he was gay. It was to kill political leaders that weren't siding with him. Well,. Because they weren't gay, though, Ryan. See, had well, they been it, gay, they would have been siding. Whatever with page well. you just read <laughs> was not from a secular writer. Well, I, I already had it in my head, and I had to look at. It. I'm like, oh yeah, that's what it was. And I'm like, because it was, it was like Saddam Hussein when he killed everybody in the room that didn't agree with him. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That's what this was. It was, it was Hitler taking out all the political and powerful leaders that did not side with him, so yeah. that everyone that left was on his side, mm-hmm. and were gay. Yeah, <laughs> they like butt stuff. That's why he had all of them killed. So here's something See? where they like a, butt stuff. Where stuff. Point, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> scooped. Joan Goldberg scooped National Review, scooped the cons- uh, conservative scooped ice cream by seven years now. Now, I haven't talked about this in a long time because there hasn't There's been a, a reason, reason to talk about yes, it. The reason I talked about it in 2009 and 2010 was that we were considering repealing the ban on open homosexuality oh. in the military. And so that was the discussion at the time. What about homosexuality in the military? And my point What's was very simple. That's been tried. And it led to Nazism. Yeah. tried that. How did that experiment uh, work out? It didn't happen. No. It did. What? What? Brian huh? Fisher's full of nonsense. What? He's cuckoo. Huh? It's cuckoo birds. But I think I need to eat a steak after that. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGI Podcast. Thanks, bitches. That was uh last story for the evening. That was You're welcome, we, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we had two Nazi stories. The two? Godless Revolution never ceases to amaze its yeah, audience. The, the Hitler in the Antarctic. We're we're turning into Glenn Beck. We can't oh, we can't fuck. have a show without talking about Oh wait Nazis. a minute. I can start crying if you need me to. <laughs> well, we had three Nazi stories if you t- consider Trump. Oh. Well, he's just a just a regular fascist. Did you did you see the uh, anti-Trump uh, blow up thing? Oh, it looked like a big asshole. No, it was a giant blow up thing of of Trump as Hitler that they're putting up oh, before his no, rally. No, it was it was a giant like you no know, the like I had a car lot where they got the giant balloon inflated with the wave with the wiggly no, 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 arms. No, 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 like the like a giant like it's big like big gorilla or something oh, like yeah, they have okay, at the one yeah. down in Salt Lake. Yeah, it was a giant one of those they had blown up, and it was Hitler as a. Uh, uh, I think it was he was like an SS Ku Klux Klan type looking thing. Or you mean in a Trump robe. as a yeah Trump yeah. yeah as a Nazi fucking Klan <laughs> member. It was it was good. David Duke is like yeah. Well, I don't Ooh, see a about, problem with about, that. About right. That's why I support him. It's anatomically correct. <laughs> <laughs> oh oh uh uh. By the way, don't Google Trump blow up doll. <laughs> <laughs> We've been warned. Oh shit! Oh wow! <laughs> oh, I shouldn't have said blow up doll. I should have used a lot better term. Yeah, inflatable Trump. 
<laughs> oh, look. there you go. Oh, oh, it's a chicken and Trump. Yeah, okay. Okay, just don't. Yeah. All right, so we have another guest coming next week, don't we? We do. We will have Shalice Blythe from the Satanic Temple. Yes. Uh, Salt Lake City chapter. So that will be awesome. Yeah. I look very much forward to having her on the show. I almost went full Yoda on that one. I'm tired. <laughs> uh, but yeah, she'll be on the show with us next week. Matt will be back. Yep. Uh, Jeff will not be with us, but thank you very much for coming on the well, show. We'll man. have it's, you back sometime. I love it. Always a pleasure having you here. I love it. I wonder if I can say something really quick. Go sure. for it. And I'll make it super quick. Yeah, pitch whatever you want, man. Uh, I want to s- say uh, a, a belated happy Father's Day to all those dads out there, even those even those that uh, are, are a father figure to a lot of a lot of kids and a lot of people. Uh, you know, Father's Day uh, celebrates. Sometimes only just the biological fathers of people, uh, and uh, you know, the the kind of relationships a kid ha- a kid has with someone doesn't necessarily come from from a bloodline, and uh, sometimes uh, that bloodline is is a lot thicker than water. But I want to make sure that uh, everyone who who extends their love and extends their lives to uh, raising and rearing children uh, feel uh, like they're important, and that's. Pretty much it. All right. That was very good. <laughs> I try. Oh, wait. I, I'm, I'm Glenn Black now. Thank you for having me on here. <laughs> it's been you amazing. Got, Thank you I for not you trying not to, to silence onions. my voice. <laughs> my entire network has been affected by all this controversy. So <laughs> it's been it's been a pleasure. I look forward to having Matt back and especially his uh, commentary and 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 lengthy pithy writings. It makes it I makes like, the podcast. I like Matt's yeah. little rants, man. They're it makes the podcast yeah. that much better. Yeah, I like them very much. But once again, thank you very much for yeah. coming on. My pleasure. It's been fun. Oh fuck! But <laughs> I forgot. I forgot one thing. We okay. are now available on Spreaker as yeah. well. I signed up for a Spreaker account, so we are now listed out there. And I need to go through all of the settings to fix some things. But the feed is out there, and hopefully, I can get it set up to where it will automatically update our shit on YouTube as well, so I don't ah. have to do that ah. anymore. Very cool. Which ah. makes it worth the price of having that. We'll have okay. to see how. We'll have to see if it works out, but. Uh, and if you would, please, if you haven't done so already, please rate the show on Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever you happen to be finding the show. We would greatly appreciate it. And again, we'll chat at y'all next week. Can I do one thing in Matt's absence? Yes. Rebel! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, everybody. Till next time.
As there was an earwig on my chest and I flicked it right at you. Oh, it's Are on you your shoulder serious? now. Yeah, it's right there. It's on your shoulder. See it? Uh, See why it? would you do that? Because <laughs> I tried to flick it that way and it went right at him. <laughs>